Everybody, it's Andrew Davis calling from www.toontalk.co.uk on Newcastle United, Sunderland, and sometimes a little bit of Middlesbrough. Well, it's been a nice vacation by everybody, I think, regarding the Christmas period with regards to Newcastle United. Well, it's been ups and downs. The Shelby ban has definitely affected Newcastle's team. We're not creating. Yes, we got a draw against Berman at the weekend, but it's been a bit of a kerfuffle all the way around. Here to discuss Newcastle United, the Shelby ban, the Rafa, um, the, the transfers that, that are not happening at the moment. It's Neil Mitchell calling all the way from Dubai. Good evening, Neil. How are you? Good evening, Andrew. Oh, uh, is the show now sponsored by Dickinson's Pork Shops or something for your sausage fingers? <laughs> the amount of times you've been pressing buttons, you didn't let us on because you hadn't switched your box on. Then you're going, oh, which button is it again? <laughs> And there you're muttering away at the house where you're pressing for the music. You're like a bloody donkey trying to touch type on here, just bashing all the keys. Anyway, have you, have you finished? Here? No, not yet. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year, mate. How are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. Good to catch up with you over Christmas. Nah, it was yeah, nice, wasn't it? Nice. Them drinks, oh, my goodness. Kill ah, me the well. rest of the day then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was dead. I couldn't drink afterwards, to be honest with you. It's terrible. Excellent. I ruined your New Year's Eve. Brilliant. <laughs> no, um, well, yes, here we are. Ups and downs indeed. Um, I thought on Boxing Day I was a bloody jinx coming back to that. <laughs> and then, then Nottingham Forest picked it up again and we've just, we have been up and down all the way, haven't we? Um, yeah, it's been very odd, isn't it? I, I think it's, it's, I'm quite puzzled as to why Shelby's absence makes that much difference because it's, Sometimes you think, what's he actually doing in the game other than trying to make sure passes? Um, it, it shows that we do have holes in the squad. It's obvious we need to strengthen up. I do think we need to calm down a little bit because really us and Brighton are still paving the way. Um, though the buffer is sort of disappearing a little. Um, and, and I think... We, tr- we traditionally seem to have rubbish Christmases. I don't know what it is about us and Christmas. Yeah, I think uh, we'll we'll um, we'll we'll find out all about Newcastle United from probably one of the experts on Newcastle. I've got George Culkin on the line. Um, George is the chronicle of misery for the Times, North East football mainly, and a patron of the Sir Bobby Robson Foundation. Um, somewhere over the payroll. Good evening to you, George. How are you? Good evening. I'm not too bad at all. Thank you. Good, good. Um, um, obviously, with things have so so many things have changed. I think since uh, Rafa Benitez came in, came into the hot seat in Newcastle United, and as ever, George, we all know it's a it's a, it's a hot seat. But since he's come in, um, for all of us, the sea change with regards to Newcastle United um, from when um, you know the, the the other managers that have been there, John Carver, Steve McLaren. And obviously yourself, when it comes to writing about Newcastle United, um, the joy that Rafa's now brought to the whole city um, completely revolutionised the whole the whole area, as far as I'm concerned. 
Um, it, it even brought Neil back to come back for Christmas. Such was the feel-good factor for him. So um, what's been your take on it? Obviously, it's a, I know it's a loaded question, but um, and I've got a question on Mike Ashley as well coming up, but what, what's, how has it been for you? Because you know a lot of your articles uh, talk about Newcastle United and how such a big and massive club we are. And when we have the other managers in charge, um, you know, there's a lot of things going on in your mind. How, how has it been for you, George? Well, I mean, I agree with I agree with your assessment completely. It there has been a you know there has been a huge change. The club have gone down, but they've gone they've become better for going down. And um, the reason for that is because Rafa's Rafa's still there, and his involvement in the club changes everything. I mean, mm-hmm. that that or, that was always the theory. But it's it's turned out to be the case in practice. When I say it changes everything, it's changed the way the club is run. It's changed the entire strategy of the club. It's changed the way they do transfers. It's changed the outlook of the club, um, and it's uh, you know they're trying they're trying to be the club that they that they always should have been, which is a outgoing club that sort of responds to and respects its environment and you know for so many years they've been cold and aloof and mm. they've cut themselves off from the people that follow them they've cut themselves off from the city and um that is changing and you know that's hugely enc- that's hugely encouraging there's you know it's a different division but they're winning they're winning games more or less and you know that's that's really um, you know, for, for, for a long time, I've kind of felt that the Premier League's a bit of a myth. Mm. Certainly at the bottom, which is which is where I tend to watch games, whether it's been at Newcastle or, or Sunderland. Um, you know, it's not fun and it's not particularly good. Mm. And there's a lot to be said for having the chance to flush things out and learn how to win a game. And you know, that's what's that's what's happening. That doesn't mean that there aren't pressures and that there aren't dangers and that there aren't um you know difficult difficult moments facing the club um you know whether it now when they've had a little dip in form or you know in the summer with which god willing they'll you know they'll they'll get to having gone up but i think people should be feel encouraged and you know it feels like a football club again that's the, that's the thing you can say and really it doesn't matter what division you're in if it feels like a football club that's what it's all about because it made obviously it made Neil come back obviously at Christmas to watch a couple of games. Like for me personally, I don't know what Neil thinks, but it's awful to watch. Like the standard of football, and every week I I find anyway in that league, I think it'll pick up. Now it's getting a bit more heated well, at the top. You say, yeah, but you say that, and I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure that I I completely agree. I mean, mm-hmm. the standard at the in the bottom half of the Premier League is pretty awful, and. Mm-hmm. The sta- what I mean, what do you mean by standard? Do you mean seeing your team play 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 Premier League teams and lose, or see 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 them play Championship teams and win? And I'd, and I know yeah. which, you know, I know which I'd prefer. And yeah. you know, as far, um, look, I, I don't I don't go to a, away trips, but it's a chance to go to clubs that and stadiums that people haven't been to for a while. Some people might not have been to them ever. Yeah. Uh, it's different teams. It's fans coming to St James's Park who. Yeah. Uh, are desperate to come there, and it's you know it's just a different you know it's just different. I mean it is different, and yeah the you know we don't see as many we don't see as many top top players as you might do in the mm-hmm. Premier League, but um, 
you know, I'm struggling to kind of think of occasions in the Premier League over the past two or three, two, three years of someone who watches Newcastle that I'd want to repeat in a hurry. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's winning, winning, winning is, is contagious, just like, just like losing is. And they become a losing football club. And, you know, now, you know, Touchwood, they're a winning, winning football club again. Neil? Andrew, Andrew, you talk about standards. You should try watching the Arabian Gulf League once in a while. That's interesting to say the least. Now, I, I think George has got a very valid point about the myth of the Premier League. You know, the, the, below the, the top six or seven clubs, there's, there's very, very little actual quality, really. Mm. And, and I think there, there isn't that much of a gulf between the top end of the the championship and the bottom end of the premiership and I'd rather be winning at the top end of the championship than being thumped every week at the bottom of the premiership it's just um, it, it is that refreshing change that ability to clear out it's harder for me as an expat fan now to see everything but I remember the last time we went down and as George quite rightly says there was quite a few who discovered the joy of football again going to places would not been you know talk to some of the lads that I met, met back up with while I was back about going to places like you know Bristol City and Cardiff and um, standing on the terraces of Peterborough again and all that kind of thing and there's there's people discovering places like that again now and that's good for the fan base too. Um, who could have thought so many good things could have come out of a relegation? Because I certainly never in, envisaged it whatsoever. Um, and no, I think now and, and yeah, and you you know you look back you look back to where the where the club were a year ago. Um, it's it's sort of staggering. I mean, I'll never forget the day that you know the last day of the season when uh, you know you could it could easily have been a toxic, awful, mm. horrible, yeah. loud, you know, sort of unpleasant um, and you know sort of atmosphere and for you know absolutely rightly for the way the club had been mismanaged. But instead, it was ninety minutes. It was a ninety-minute love letter to Rafa and. Um, you know, this, the, the, one of the things, one of the things that really I find most sort of not moving, but almost moving, is that when he, you know, when he decided to join Newcastle, it was really for it was quite sort of old-fashioned reasons. You know, for for two or three seasons, probably longer, we've heard Steve McLaren, Carver, Pardew talk about how limited. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Newcastle could be in terms of ambition. We'd already, you know, heard the stuff about cups not being a priority, all that kind of stuff that came from the top of the club. And they would talk about how they couldn't compete, you know, and they couldn't compete with Southampton or they couldn't compete with Everton or or whatever. Now, I understood what they meant by that. And there was this horrible doctrine about Newcastle being the best club they could be pound for pound and all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, now... now, (laughs) Rafa joined Newcastle because he saw the size of the stadium, he knew how many fans filled it, and he, he thought in terms of potential, and he thought, thought in terms about potential and size and history. And that was what sort of turned him on about the challenge of Newcastle. And for me, that was, you know, that was a big, big deal because suddenly you've got this, enormous, you know, this huge manager in terms of stature and prestige who's, who's won the European Cup, who's done everything that you can do in football more or less wanting to come to Newcastle because he feels the size of the club now that is something that we've had drummed out of us um sort of in the northeast for for a long time now that we've been told that we can't 
you know, that we can't compete with other clubs. And for me, it's, it's, it's that attitude, really. There's an attitude of possibility. Now, as I say, where the team are now, in, compared to where he would want to be or where everybody wants to be, is a huge different distance and there's a, a long, you know, um, a lot of hard work that would have to be done. But finally, we've got somebody talking about potential again. And that, to me, is the most important sort of sea change of all. I think. Um, go ahead, Neil. Yeah. Do, do you think, George, this is what Mike Ashley wanted all along, to be able to to, to put no. somebody in and just stand no. back and say, "Right, get on with it." Or no, no, it, no, no, because right. no, no, because they've 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 purposely gone down a very, very different yeah. a very different route, and you know, they I think they, in some ways. They thought they were being di- well. They were being different. They thought they were being kind of more clever than other clubs in terms of the, you know, the transfer policy. It's it's you know I would argue that the transfer policy was one of the reasons why the why the club went down in the sense mm. that there was not enough concentration on team building. And um, however, that same policy was what enabled the club to make a hefty profit in the window in the summer. Um, you know, while spending a hell of a lot of money, too. No, they, you know, they had their, they had their, they had their policy. When Alan Pardew got the job, or even before that, I remember speaking to Derek Lambias, who said, as far as Mike Ashley's concerned, the manager is just another employee at the football club, um, and and probably not, you know, and not the most important one. If they thought Graham Carr was the most important employee at the football club, if anybody, and you know, that was. That was what they did. The, the head coach was the head coach. He was supposed to be, you know, he was supposed to coach the players that that were given to him. Now there were tensions. There were tensions when Alan Pardew was there. There have been tensions all along with that. They've ripped that up. I mean, they've, I'm not. I'm not saying that, you know, they won't look to sign good, good young, good young players in the future. But they've ripped. They've ripped all that up. So I don't think this is part of any kind of grand plan at all. I think it's quite the opposite. I think. Right. It's, it's more yeah. like a last throw of the yeah. dice. But having spoken to, having spoken to people at the top of the club, they are saying that you know if the worst was to happen and Rafa left or whatever, that they would look to replicate what's happening now. They wouldn't go back to right. how things were. I mean, you know, the only test of that is if it happens. But you know, I think this is the way they're going to do things from now on. Do you, do you think, in some ways, therefore, Rafa has an inspirational effect up the tree within the club? That there's, you know, the, the people Ashley and 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 uh, is looked at that and thought, oh, I, I can see what is happening here. Well, um, it's di- I know it's difficult to read the mind of Mike Ashley because God knows I tried for long enough and couldn't get. Any he hasn't no. met him, has he? <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, Rafa hasn't he, met him. Has he, he met him at the end. He certainly met him at the end of last season when they went down. But okay. but he's not. I mean, I think it's in some ways. I think it's pointless talking about Ashley in those terms because he's, you know, doesn't go to games and he's not involved. And um, you know, I'm sure you know we might talk about the loan that he's he's given the club again. Yeah. But that, but there's not, you know, there's not, there is not a day-to-day involvement. And um, in some ways, that's a good thing because when he's involved, yeah. there tends to be, you know, there tends to be sort of bizarre decisions and 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 worse. But um, certainly, I think you know Lee Chandley has felt the you know Rafa's impact, whether that's kind of emotionally or uh, you know the the impact it's had in the city and and beyond. And I think has has sort of shared in that, and I think realizes that they need a manager 
who can do that, who can relate to supporters and who can relate to, um, you know, relate to the sort of the region and all that stuff is is more, you know, it's, that's that's not just window dressing. I've spent time with Rafa. He came down to the Freeman Hospital to meet Lady Elsie Robson for the Bobby Robson Foundation, and I was there for that. It was a very small, low-key event with no publicity, but he was he really wanted to find out about it and find out, talk to Elsie and talk about Bobby and talk about what was going on in the hospital. It's not, you know, he's someone that is embedding, embedding himself in the city and you know i think we need that as a city and mm. we need that kind of validation from 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 the people who live here and and work here and we respond to it and um you know in turn it sort of helps us to feel better about ourselves and i think you know i think that is recognized at the top of the club that there's something important happening there but it's been neglected so the interesting thing i found was obviously i think when rafa took over um I was actually in Australia at the time when the game was going on. I was watching. I think I watched it at eleven o'clock at night over there, and I, you know, I was obviously very upset. They're going down. It was, you know, you're right, George. Like you said, it, it, when these situations happen, it it's very toxic. Some something really bad can happen, and that. And I've never heard Newcastle fans, apart from when Kevin was there and so Bobby was there, and that's how far. That's how good this guy. That's why Newcastle fans have, have hope. Like I suppose, like the, like you have hope. Like it's it's just spread over so many areas of the club, and I think with Lee with Lee Charney there, I, I personally I've always thought this in my own mind. But I think if Lee Charney, if we were if we were not able to get Rafa Benitez to come in, um, God, it doesn't bear thinking about. It, I think, but I think he would have probably have left because obviously there's a lot of I think for him it was a make or break time for, for Lee. I think he'd be in the club for 20 or 20 odd years, or probably more than that. But I think he, him, managing to to speak to Rafa and say, right, this this is what we're going to do, was hugely important in that. Wouldn't you think, George? Oh no, incredible! I mean, it was a very courageous decision because, as I say, it sort of changed it changed everything. And um, you know, as I said, from from the from the manager being just a, a another employee he's he's become the most important man in the building again but without a shadow of a doubt and you know it's it's benitez that sets the tone for everything that's going on in football terms whether it's signings whether it's you know the way the team play whether it's team selection um <clears throat> you know he's spoken to the he's spoken to the academy people he's but he's interested in everything mm-hmm. and he's wants to be involved he wants to be involved in everything um and yeah, I don't think I don't think the the hierarchy could afford another mistake. I mean, they couldn't afford another mistake in you know in, in terms of what was happening at the club. And um, but I think they've you know I think it's a very brave decision, and they have to they have to stick with it now. And I don't think you know one of the things that one of the things that sort of always that's sort of disappointed me under Ashley. Well, there's so much stuff that's disappointed me under Ashley, but but. I, I, you know, I never, I, I didn't have much time for the people that came before. I have to say, in terms of, um, you know, they made a lot of money out of Newcastle. That's not something that we can accuse Mike Ashley of. For, for all the terrible things that he's done and all the things that he's gone wrong, he certainly hasn't made money out of Newcastle. He's lost money out of Newcastle. Um, but the previous hierarchy, when they changed managers, the thinking that was going on in their heads was right. 
who who is the fellow that can win us something now? Who is the fellow that can win us something? And you know, so they went from Keegan to Dalgleish to Hullet to Bobby, and that was the you know that was the thinking. Okay, well this person can finally win us something. Now we're the best one in the world when you're going from Chris Hutton to Alan Pardew to you know Carver to Steve McLaren. Mm. That's not part. That stopped being anything to do with the way the club was being run and built. Benitez is a guy that it wants to win stuff. He wants to win trophies. And, you know, I'm not for a moment saying that he's going to do that at Newcastle. I, I, I gave up that sort of, I gave up that dream <laughs> 20 years ago and, you know, life becomes a lot more, you know, becomes a lot more sort of straightforward if you say to yourself, that's never going to happen in my lifetime, forget it. But, you know, that's, that's what I want, you know, that's what you want at the top of the club, someone with the ambition to challenge the people who run the club. Keegan did it all the time. Keegan challenged the people that ran the club. He challenged the Halls and the Shepherds, whether it was about, you know, he walked out of the club not long after saving them from uh, from relegation because he said it wasn't how it was in the brochure and he was persuaded to come back. Well, I want, you know, you want that creative tension. Now, before Rafa, they wanted somebody who would say yes and do what he was told. And this, this fellow changes it. This fellow changes it, changes all of that. Yeah. Sorry, I was actually, in and out there, the dodgy, dodgy bloody connection. Getting <laughs> yeah. Actually, I was going to ask you, um, George, the one thing that uh, me and Neil haven't talked about this yet, but um, the one thing that surprised me, George, is this £30 million loan. Now, I'm not a guy in the wall, I'm not into Wall Street, I'm not, I'm not into anything like that, but I, for the life of me, can't understand that. Can you, can you, can you let... Think, let, let us understand well, it a little bit. I mean, so, um, the, I mean, the first thing to say is no. I don't. I don't have the details. I don't, the, I don't have the details of exactly why why this has happened. But the the financial the latest round of figures will be released within the next week or the next few days. Oh, okay. So we'll so we'll find out. We'll find out more about that quite soon. But to say it's it's nothing to do with the transfer window and yeah. it's it's to do with the general general running of the football club. Now um I recall back in the summer that there was talk about whether Newcastle would get an overdraft again and how they would do things like that. Now if this is a case of getting an interest free loan as opposed to a bank overdraft then it makes sense. We you know, relegation there's there are parachute payments but yeah. Newcastle's income has been, uh, you know, has obviously been severely hit by going down. And it's important to remember that they haven't, they haven't cut costs. This isn't a club that has cut costs after going down. Now, partly that's to do with the fact that there wasn't a lot of fat, fat left there to trim after coming back up again. It's been a very tight, tight, tight ship, um, you know, in terms of staff and in terms of personnel and all that kind of stuff. But players haven't received wage cuts. And they've gone all out, really, to go back up again. So um, it stands to reason that there would be, um, you know, that they might, that, they, that there might be a shortfall to make up if it's just for one season in the championship. So I'm, I, I presume that that's that's what it's about. I don't think there's anything sinister there. Um, and you know, Ashley, for good or bad, has said at the end of not last season, but the season before, that he wasn't going anywhere for the foreseeable future. So. Um, you know, I think it's I think it's just to sort of assist with the day-to-day -day running of the club. 
Neil? Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's my understanding of it. It's there to, to absorb the blow of the financial implications of relegation, one way, form or another. You have to remember to to, to write the the many levels of ignorance that you see in places like Twitter from fans of other clubs. The parachute payments don't kick in till next year. It's next year the parachute payments. So we've not had a penny of parachute payments or anything like that. And if we've not cut any costs, as George quite rightly says, um, then there will be shortfall in places. And therefore, that's all that that loan's there to do is to, to, to balance the shortfall and the impact of relegation. I don't think there's anything worrying or sinister or looking to use anything in the transfer window. In terms of transfer window, I think there is a budget there. Um, I think it will be spent and used wisely. Um because, as we all know, January is a funny window to do business in. Um, so, it, it, it's I don't think there's anything more or less than that to that that loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, with accounts due out and with figures um, looming, it'll probably become more patent exactly what that's there for once that happens. The, the one thing I'm going to talk about, obviously, the transfer window, George. The the worry, obviously, I think Newcastle fans are start even though we're you know, in the top two of the league, for God's sake. But the the fact that we seem to be with without John Joe Shelby, who, who fair enough, he's proved me wrong over the last couple last couple of weeks. But the obviously the issue with the racism charge, and obviously the the results of that came in. You know, they believed they believed somebody else over him, more players from the other team. So fair enough, he 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 got done. Um, the interesting thing I found is. In, the, in this day of social media, if I expected, maybe you, because it's Newcastle, you never quite know which way it's going to go, but I, I did expect them to immediately, when the window opened, and I, obviously with the transfer window, it's, sub, it's quite turbulent as well, I did expect them just to bring in a couple of players straight away, especially with players being going out on the African League now, that, that, that the tournament's taken place, George. Um the players have been linked with what's your thoughts on that because you would think with what happened to, to Shelby even though the great thing about Rafa is that when he talks you listen you understand it he's very you know he's considered what he says about the racism charge when most people at the time um, especially the, the kid bring up racism um, company they think the Newcastle should have been a bit more stronger with Shelby what's your take on that and the transfers because it's a bit convoluted, isn't it, really? Well, uh, to sort of start on the transfers first, I think, you know, in an ideal world, um, they would have done their business already, but, you know, they wanted to do it quickly, but it's not an ideal world. It's far from mm. ideal in January and it always is. I mean, they've got, they've had a long list of targets. We know that they've made inquiries for people like Loftus-Cheek, for example, mm. um, and that, they're, you know, they've been waiting on a response from Everton for a long time now for... For Tom cleverly, so they, you know, they were they were they were quick to they were quick to kind of make make those make those inquiries. They want a attacking midfielder. They want a winger. That's those are the positions that they've really sort of identified. Um, it's just far from it's far from ideal though. So they're they're waiting on people, and you know, it's often you're waiting. So, in, you know, in the, in the case of Everton, they're waiting not only for Everton to decide, but also for Everton to get re- replacement in. And it's not, you know, it's not straightforward. So, you know, they will do business and, um, 
they will you know they'll be stronger at the end of the window than they are now but um it's not as it's not as easy as anybody would it's not as easy as anybody would like um alan george was somebody yeah uh, at brentford was somebody that that they came very close to getting in the summer of course he was injured he's not you know they've kind of waited for him for quite a long time he's i don't know if he's actually now played a game but he yeah, certainly yeah. hadn't as of yeah. as a few weeks ago so they've had to move on from you know from people like that mm. and um you know it's just not easy in terms of shelby uh you know i'm not gonna you know his 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 case has been has been decided by the fa um and i think that's you know i think that's i think that's probably fair enough um he he is i mean i would say he's the best player in the division or he would be the best player in the division if he had a bit more sense and um by sense i mean football intelligence um you know not being wound up not being uh you know not you know having having discipline as part of being a good player and um i don't think he's i'm not sure he's disciplined enough either sort of on the pitch or you know as as a, <clears throat> as a fella but of course they've missed him because um he can dictate he can dictate play and when he's you know i'm 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 sort of similar to, to, to what you said before there's you so I looked him in the Premier League a lot, and he wanted to play Hollywood passes all the time. Mm. And when it didn't come off, it was it would look awful. But at this level, he's he makes a difference. And um, yeah, they've definitely they've definitely missed him. But um, you know, I'm not I'm not you know I'm not concerned. I'm not I'm certainly not 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 worried about the position at the minute. There. There's been this, you know, people have des- described it as a wobble, but then you you have to look at the run that went beforehand. I think it was one defeat in 18 games in all competitions, whatever it was. And, you know, they haven't drawn games. And that's the sort of surprise, really, that there's been, um, you know, there's been all these wins and there's been seven defeats, or I think it's seven defeats, but, mm-hmm. um, but no draws. And that's kind of unusual. And... Rafa's made mention of this. They're not a team at the moment that are capable of kind of grinding results mm. out. I mean, yeah. and I was with Chris Hutton last week. I went down to Brighton. I was interviewing one of their players and had a chat, nice chat with Chris, who's such a lovely fella. And yeah. I hope, I hope, I really hope they go up alongside Newcastle. Um, but he, you know, he said Newcastle have got uh, by far the best footballers in the division and the and the deepest squad. I don't think that they've got the most streetwise team or the most mm. um you know or or as many leaders as you might like. If you look mm. if you think back to two thousand, you know, to to, to Hutton's Nolan, promotion. Yeah. You, I mean someone like Kevin Nolan mm. he I mean I, I love Kevin Nolan as a as a as a bloke and as a footballer, but he was you know, as with Alan Shearer, he knew all the tricks. He knew how to win free kicks. He knew how to slow the game down. He knew how to disrupt the opposition, as well as scoring goals and all that sort of stuff. And Newcastle don't have people like that. You know, and I, and I was sort of quite taken with the way Sheffield uh, Wednesday played on, on Boxing Day, for example, because I was there for that game, and obviously Newcastle were really disappointing, but you know, Sheffield Wednesday had committed twice as many fouls as Newcastle, and that was that was deliberate. I mean, it was deliberate. They were trying to 
they were trying to disrupt the way Newcastle played and they succeeded and they you know they absolutely deserve that victory and you know but they're they're used to this division and they're they're kind of battle hardened to it and Newcastle have got better players but they're not equipped as of yet to do what Sheffield Wednesday did that day and I would personally I would like to see a bit more of that but I'm not sure how you know as opposed to you know apart, apart from kind of practicing on the training ground I'm not sure how you how you do that or bring in you know bring in players who, who are capable of doing that um, just, don't, just don't seem streetwise enough do we I think that was evidence evidence yeah. in the game a game against Forest away with the two yeah. attendants off they yeah. had somebody yeah. who was cute enough to pull all the stunts and we didn't. We we don't know how to do that. We're we're, yeah. we're we're trying to play too nice sometimes, perhaps. I think yeah, yes, but yeah. on there, George, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would. Like, I mean, I don't know. You know, I'm not sure that they're looking for that kind of player in the no. in the market this month. In fact, I don't think they are. But and I, you know, I think Rafa will carry on playing the way that he, the way the way that he plays. But um, that would be my only sort of that would be my only sort of thought about. You know about about the team and the squad is that you want to see them. You know you see teams like Burnley and mm. seen a fair bit of Borough this season, and they they get a bounce in the Premier League because they've spent absolutely twice a week for 46 matches. They've had to be absolutely at full tilt to win to win games, and you come up with the same mentality because you know that you're going to get nothing for free and you have to fight for everything. And I'm not sure that Newcastle quite have that as a club yet uh, or, you know, or, or a team. You know, I think the relegation can only linger on a little bit. There's still a lot of the same players. It's still the same fans. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of finding that, that hunger and... Um, sort of anger almost to sort of get through those games. But I think they're, you know, they're they're well equipped to go up. It's just I don't think they have that in their. I don't think they have that in their armoury yet. What's your thoughts on Sunderland? Because obviously I've got um, Keith from who's a Sunderland fan on. But what's your thoughts on Sunderland? Because they just defy logic in a lot of ways, especially with links with obviously short trying to sell Sunderland um, and. They can't buy anybody, which I think will be relaxed. They'll try and bring in loan players. What's your theory on that? Because that one, you know, I think after Big Sam left, it left a massive hole in their whole strategy, no matter what they said after when he left. Um, it, it seems like it's, you know, Moyes has taken over a bit of a, um, an odd situation. And obviously rumours go around all the time that, he, that with the, thing, the way things are going... If, you know, with players maybe coming and going, that he could be on the highway to, well, to Sun, probably to well, Dubai. I, th- I mean, I think, I think, in some ways they're in exactly the same. Well, I mean, they're in exactly the same position that they're always in. I mean, that's that's the kind yeah. of depressing. That's the depressing <laughs> thing about Sunderland, um, is that they found it very, very difficult to break out this cycle of short-term appointments. Um, you know, bringing in players who the next manager doesn't either rate or want. Or aren't good enough, and they're constantly relying on the same players who are, you know, good enough to keep them up, but not good enough for much else. And uh, yeah, the real sort of disappointment of the Allardyce thing was mm. they had a very good January window last season. 
and it felt like there was something to build on. Now that that that's you know that is the that's the kind of narrative. There was already tension before Allardyce left um, in yeah. terms of what was going to happen in the transfer window. So whether he would have stayed or not, <clears throat> you know, I don't you know I don't, even if England hadn't come calling, I don't know. There was definitely tension there, but they've had to start all over again, and then they've started all over again with some really decent people in charge. I think Martin Bain, the chief executive, is trying to kind of reconnect the club back to, um, you know, back to the city and um, try and sort of get them back to basics. Um, it was interesting. I went, I went on to their, you know, I went to their trip to Nissan, um, which, the, which the squad did a couple of months ago. And it was the first time they'd done that for 20, mm-hmm. 25 years. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there was, they've, you know, they've lost, they've lost that a bit and they're, they're getting it back. They've got, they've, they've made a long-term appointment. Long-term in itself is meaningless. You, you know, you have to have a plan and you have to have some kind of vision, but, you know, they have got a manager who is, you know, has proved that he's capable of building a club up as he did at Everton so well. The shame is that it's happened at a time when they've got absolutely no money. They're at the edge of the of the of the wage bill, and there's very little room for manoeuvre. So, um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be difficult for them. They're not going to be able to do what they did last January. Um, if they get through this season, they'll have done very very well, um, and then perhaps there would be something to build. But it's going to be it is going to be a real struggle. Keith, um, obviously, I'm, I'm, the thing that surprised me actually is that you've got you had Big Sam in there bef- before the, the England thing began, and like I, I'm shocked that there was tension regarding for, like for Big Sam because he's the guy oh, that I keeps you there. I was, I was Go ahead. Aware of that. Look at the fact was even when Sam came, he'd been sitting in his villa and he got brought out of retirement, but. He knew exactly what, where the club had been in the previous seasons. He knew it wasn't a wash with money. He knew it was going to be a battle. He came into a relegation struggle, exactly like what he went into with Crystal Palace. He does get glory in the face fires. I don't know what their budget is for him, but yet certainly if they'd done his January performance last the window, is that a fire alarm for you, Andrew? Do you need to go? No, it's not me. All oh, right, it's not me. It's probably George, I think, anyway. probably. It, it was uh, me, and I'm, no, no. I'm at the point where I do have to go. So. Okay. Uh, no problem. Um, no, but basically, it, it was. I mean, all through the summer, there was rumours, like, before the England job came about, what was Allardyce going to get in the summer? And it, it was whispers came rumbling. That, that's not actually news. It just probably went to one side because the England job did come along and it wasn't something I'd ever had to be confronted in the press, media or whatever. So uh, it never ever came to the service. But I've said this before, David Moyes, I don't think he's that stupid that like somebody would come in, you know, it's not like Jack and the Beanstalk where he was promised one thing and got something entirely different. He still was aware of how, how we were as a club for the previous four or five seasons surviving and by history really for the past 20, 30 years. You know, uh, we haven't been at the top four and fighting for you, so that, that's not an issue. We knew exactly what he was getting. He might have been no, I, I, I don't, but he wouldn't have been green. As go well. ahead, George. Well, no, I mean, he, he said in his he said in their statement when he was appointed appointed that 
he'd been he'd been given guarantees. I mean, he actually mm-hmm. used the word guarantees, and those guarantees haven't been forthcoming. So, um, and you know, he's admitted he's admitted that he would have thought very carefully about taking the job. I mean, he said that in public. If he mm-hmm. if he if he'd known if he'd known what he knows now, um, so the the landscape has shifted has shifted for him, and. Um, you know, he's not going to walk out. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain about that. But it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be easy. And because there's no, you know, there's no, there's no pot of gold there for him to dip into this 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 month. Are you, are you, are you suggesting that he was offered a pot of gold? These assurances he says he was given. Okay, mm-hmm. they might have fallen, fell a bit short. But there couldn't have been like you know like horrendous like offers of seeing losing no, 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 million no, war chest. No, it wouldn't have no, been no, massive. No, you know. But, so, but but I think he thought he thought there would be more. He thought there would be more than than than, than yeah. what there is, and you know I think that's the I think that's the that's the shame of it. But I, I think the, the thing I like about Moyes, if you look at in 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 Ichibi, like he's re, he's got a guy there. That company, he's come in, he's strong as an ox. So it does show, doesn't it, George, that if you give them some players, even if they're free, you know, free players to come in, that he can he can go into his war chest. He he could definitely bring in players that can actually make a difference to that team. Yeah, I'm not sure how. Yeah, I'm not sure how many of those <laughs> how many of those players there are about. I mean, that's the reason that's the reason why they tend to be free. And each of has been absolutely superb. He's been brilliant, and mm-hmm. he's. He's brought proper variation to the team. He can hold the ball up. Ball up. He's, as you say, he's as strong as he's as strong as anything. He's taking a lot of pressure off uh, off Defoe. But you know, those players, those players tend to be free for a you know tend to be free for a reason. And it's not certainly not something that you can rely upon. And yeah, I mean, they have to they have to kind of find a bit of magic. From from somewhere, but as I say, the other you know the other the other issue is it's not just about transfer fees; it's also about wages, and they're they're very close to their to their limit. Yeah, so clear limit, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's not it's not as if you know if they if there'd been this sort of suggestion that if they'd sold Jordan Pickford, mm-hmm. for example, yeah. that they they could use that money to kind of reinvest. Well, they couldn't because it's not as if Pickford's wages are sort of enormous. Um, so. You know, there's very little, there's very little room for manoeuvre. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, whether if 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 a huge offer came in for somebody like Kone, that would be the one thing. That would be the one. Yeah. That him go. Might, yeah. Correct. Might make some sense, but um, you know, letting letting Defoe go would be suicide as far as suicide. Yeah, without a doubt. But you know, uh, just, you're seeing about three three players yeah. in the free for a reason. I watched that game yesterday and how Newcastle managed to pinch thirty. 30 million for Sissogo. <laughs> You've got Jack Edmund. Now some of them have got a price tag on them as well. So you think, oh, yeah, he's free, free for a reason. What, what reason was he 30 million? Goodness me, that was horrendous. horrendous. Benito, Benito, Benito should get, he, he should get a statue built for him for that. <laughs> oh, great but he liked him though, didn't he, George? He liked Sissogo. He, he no, kind of liked he, him. And he, yeah, yeah, and he got, yeah. On, he got on well with him and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't sort of resigned to him to him going and mm. you know the- theoretically in the championship he could have <laughs> he, he might have done something but no I mean honestly that's that amount of money uh, well the other fella as well like 25 million 25 yeah, million for, Ronaldo. Um, for Ronaldo, Ronaldo yeah. and he's 
like at home, he, his record there tells us only scored at home, and he's been very similar at Liverpool, but not as many at home. God, that was 55 million. That's the best for, the, for my business. So price tags as well. I, I wouldn't get all the uh, folks on how much players cost. For me, there's players in the league who are worth pinching, you know, but you kind of pinch them super cheap now, but there must be somebody who's going to come, like you've said, the, the hunger for Newcastle to make it across the line in the championship. Likewise, you've got some players who can battle, you know, and that's why managers sometimes get called in, like your Steve Bruce's, like your Sam Allardyce, managers and players sometimes suit a, a mentality of either battling for promotion or surviving relegation, and they can be found sometimes cheaper than you think. I know, I know you've got to go in a minute, George, uh, but if you, if you had a choice between bringing players in that were being linked with, who would you think is the most important? Well, I think we need two or three, but who, who would you like to see? Because I, I heard, obviously, they've been linked with this guy from Fulham, who I've never heard in my life, but uh, who would you think Newcastle is it when it comes to midfield to bring in right now? Oh... Um, that's a good question. That's not really something I've kind of thought about in those terms about who I would who I would bring in. I mean, I would you know I would want to try and bring in a bit of variation. I, I mean, a, another wing. They, Benitez thinks that they lack a winger and they've lacked a winger since Sissoko's gone, and I can sort of understand that. So certainly a bit of variation and yeah, a bit more creative creativity in the middle. I'm not. I haven't given you names there simply because. Um, I'm less familiar with the championship than I am with the Premier League, but um, it's a good. I mean, it's a it's a bad time to it's a bad time to do business in in some ways, but it's a good time to do it's a good time to do business in the way that Sunderland did it last last this time last year. It can give you a huge boost, mm. and if you get it right, and um, you know, I think I think that's that's the point that that, that the team are at that they could do with a little do with a little nudge in the right direction. Yeah, I think um, Sammy. I think they brought they brought back Sammy Amiobi uh, for a, uh, that. That to me would be kind of interesting to give him a to give him a couple a run in the team. But it's interesting what Rafa says that he's uh, Sammy's used to train in a certain way. He's not used to train in the Newcastle way because he's been away for so so long. But would you think it would be a good idea to bring him in, or do you think his time is over and he should they'll probably get loaned him out again? Yeah, I would expect him to get loaned out again. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that he's kind of come back because they think there's a huge place place for him in the team. You never know. Um, uh, you know, you've seen people like Gufran come into the team and then become suddenly become important. So I wouldn't rule it out. But at the same time, I don't think I don't think he's been brought back because Rafa sees him as being uh, a huge part of his plans going forward. Well, thanks for coming on, George. I know we'll obviously keep tabs on this £30 million that's coming to Newcastle in the next week or so, but I do appreciate coming on. I know you've been on 20 minutes more than what you could have, but I do appreciate it. But thanks very much, and we'll catch you later in the season, OK? Thanks very much. Sounds good. Enjoy Cheers. It. Thanks, George. Cheers, mate. Thanks care. a lot. Ta-da. Bye-bye. Well, great great to hear from George, especially on, on Sunderland. What, what you, obviously, uh, not, nothing much has changed, has it, really, uh, Keith, when it comes to Sunderland and I think the one thing I would say about that is uh, when it, even when it came to the match on when you played in the FA Cup, uh, I personally thought he was playing for the draw just to try and get a clean sheet, which is one way to go. Keith's gone, actually, I think. 
Just, I just, I saw. I was have talking. Have you cut him off? Your, have you cut him off your have fingers again? Have you? <laughs> no, he, he just said uh, need to drop out. Uh, we'll call back if if needed. Well, he's, you know, he's 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 always gone on about his um about his team and about Moyes and um I think Sunderland or Lawrence themselves aren't they? But um interesting chat on uh, on George, isn't it? Especially with the thirty million about to drop and. Um, obviously, the club's been changed from back to front completely with uh, with what's been going on with the clubs. If, if, if you want to hear the definitive word on football in the northeast of England, George is the go-to guy mm. at the end of the day. There are a few people who can um, genuinely um, take the ears of both Newcastle and Sunderland fans, and mm. George is one of one of them who can, and he knows a lot about both clubs. Um, and and knows what's going on within both clubs probably more than most, and certainly more than he would have let on the to, to to mere plebs like us. Um, <laughs> but he, he, his opinion is one that's always very valued and valid. Um, interesting what he says about his take on the Moyes situation at Sunderland, mm. where it's quite clear that he he said he's given guarantees, and those guarantees <laughs> seem to be written on rice paper, aren't they? It's, um, <laughs> It's sad though, you know. You, you you've got a club, a club in Sunderland doing what we've been doing for the last few years and piddling around the bottom end of the table the way they have. And us, okay, at the top end of the division, but we're the top end of the division below. And both both of us deserve better. We could sit and say this week in week out, but it's very true. Um, and yet here we all are turning out. Apart from it seems like it seems like it comes as a pink seed day at Sunderland at the weekend, but I don't know if that was uh, if if that picked up from the pictures I saw pretty much. Um, mm. it, it it's it's all a bit of a, a bit of a shambles and a funny weekend mm. as well. FA Cup third round weekend, I used to get quite excited. I used to get quite wound up at hearing the words Ronnie and Radford put together repeatedly <laughs> uh, and having my absolute eyes taken out every year. But this year, you're right. Um, I was asked what would spice up FA Cup third round weekend and I suggested landmines. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it really has that sort of lacklustre. Um, and I don't know what we can do about it because mm. we didn't exactly put out the first full strength of 11. Mm in spite of the change in ethos in the club and certainly not openly saying that the league's the, league's the most important thing and we're going to not try in the Cups because that's effectively what they said for a number of yeah. years. Um, we didn't exactly put a first strength 11 out either and I understand I get rest and I get rotation and all uh, of that. Actually, but, the, the, um, the Lee Johnson, who's on the line now, he, he was there at the weekend. He saw the team uh, change around significantly. Lee, good evening. Uh, tell me what you thought about it. Well, it was to be expected. I thought he would. I thought he would make changes. Then the deal got a bit. <clears throat> well, I would say we've got a lot of numbers, reasonably strong squad. So some of the alternative lads were always going to play. I didn't have any problem with it. I must be. I, I knew. And I think both me and Neil expected changes because you know you've got a you've got a lot of lads now who are who have gone away on international duty with their team. So. Um, I knew there'd be changes. I actually, want, I was pleased to to see Teodie back in the team because if anybody a fully fit, committed, determined Teodie, 
you know, would be able to run around and get a lot of things that uh, Shelby doesn't do. And uh, obviously, I, I felt if you're sorry for the players that do come in because obviously they're ring rusty. The the only thing they've been doing is training. You you can't play um, the way that you at a, at a level you expect to. And then uh, th- then it was interesting what uh, Rafa said at the end. He brought players on for their legs, which is totally understandable. But I think it was such a nondescript game. Like to me, it it just looked like it was Peter and Anna. Like it must be, I think it must be an awful to watch, was it, Lee? It sounded bad. It didn't sound the best game, but uh, I was I was happy with the results. I mean, then the day was still in the route, was still in the, uh, the fourth round draw. Um, both teams didn't play their best elevens. Um, seems to be the seems to be the way of things with most teams in the third round these days, uh, Premier League and Championship, but. Uh, the way we've tracked the cup in the last few years, uh, well, the last five, six, seven years, um, I'm chuffed as out. We're still in the draw, and uh, obviously getting drawn out against somebody, I think, seven o'clock it is. Um, I'm delighted we're still in the draw, to be honest. We've got a home tie now. Winnable. Uh, get them out then, see so we'll get in the next round. So I've got no problem with Rafa trying alternative players and things like that. And the deal, we've got a large squad. Our squad's been tested at this particular moment in time, as you've just touched on with the lads going away. Everyone's not necessarily happy with the form again. I think there's been a massive overreaction. Um, so no, it was a positive result as far as I'm concerned. I would have took that before the game. Actually, the interesting thing wasn't Neil that um, the, the fact that we haven't replaced Shelby, and obviously, and, and I've, I've, well, we probably both know Colbach's come back in the team, and I don't, <laughs> I really don't. Like a lot of people, the, the thing I like about Colbach is he runs around. He um, but he hasn't got any dining. He hasn't got any dining, as any obviously uh, creates f- f- fouls as well, which can affect the team. But um, the, that's the thing that George touched on and Neil have touched on is the fact that there's no street smarts in that team, at least with Nolan Barton back back in the day when we were, you know, playing very very well and surprising people. We haven't got leaders in that team, and that's probably the one thing that worries people. I don't know. I think it's six points. Uh, the third place team are now getting quite close to us. Um, it's a worry. Obviously, Shelby's going to be back in a couple of games, but there has to be some kind of backup or t- to take over from Shelby if if there's going to be midfield changes to Cumley. I, I think that's why we're in for Tom Cleverly. To be honest with you, um, somebody who's a bit forward thinking, good at going forward. You know, I, I, I personally got no problem with the likes of Jack Colback. I mean, I think Colback is a better player alongside somebody who's obviously an attacking, an attacking midfielder. Colback's main job is to hustle, hustle and hurry and try and get the ball back for us. But I suppose him and Hayden were kind of too much alike. It, it doesn't kind of work. It's like, mm. it's like playing really two defensive midfielders. You don't need to do that. Um, but I don't think we've got kind of any other options apart from Shelby. If Shelby's not on the side, we, we lack that impetus going forward, which we've obviously seen. I'm disappointed that we haven't picked up points. I'll have to tell you, I mean, I was at Blackburn on Monday, and how we lost that game, I will never know. Obviously, a lot of the reaction came from the Blackburn result, but I was there. We were literally in totally control for 90 minutes, mind. Total control. Newcastle had scored early doors. We would have won that game 3 4 5 nil. I'm telling you now. We were so much in control. And when the second goal gets disallowed, um, when the free kick went against us, I turned to me, I turned to me brother-in-law, right, said, right, I'm up for a piss, they're going to score here. <laughs> and 
and and I walked downstairs and all I heard was get in and I was like that was textbook it was just textbook it was one of those games we could have played until midnight and we would have lost we wouldn't have scored we'd have lost that game it was one of them games you go to and you get that feeling when it gets to 60 70 minutes this isn't going to be our day and like I said to go downstairs straight away when Blackburn got that free kick I, I just had a bad feeling it was going in the net so Personally, from a personal point of view, I just think there was a massive, massive overreaction to that particular game, especially because Newcastle had 25 shots. Yes, there was only six or seven on target, but Jesus Christ, honestly, the pep of their goal, the goalkeeper got man of the match. They got man of the match for a reason. We've hit a bit of a blip at this moment in time, but has, has other teams hit blips yet this season? Probably not. Brighton haven't really hit a blip, but currently we're sitting, we're sitting in one of the two places we currently want to be in. And if you think back to the start of the season when we lost, lost those first two games, when it was all doom and gloom, oh, we're not going to do this, I think we've done particularly well. And you've got to bear in mind, there were six or seven new players brought into the club. So again, they've all settled in well. I've still got massive faith in the manager. We are yeah. currently sitting where we want to be. I don't care if we go up on first or second, but as long as we go up. And if we do go up, that's where the manager will come into his own back somewhere where he is he's more comfortable but to be honest with you he's doing a stellar job in the league that he's in everyone expected us to go up everyone was looking to write us off and I just think there's been a little bit of an overreaction I think the fans need to stick with it you know this guy's six or seven well seven eight months now into a long-term project trying to you know it wasn't just about the first team it was about rebuilding the club I mean Jesus Christ there was neglect all over the club and these are things that need to be you know, these things are going to take time to sort out. It wasn't just about the first team. All the all the teams down from the first team are losing. And, he, and, he's, and he's put a winning, winning mentality back in the club as far as I'm concerned. So I, I, I'm just trying to keep it on a level. We are currently second. And we are currently in one of the positions we want to be come May. And do I believe we're, we're capable of putting, the, putting together unbeaten runs, going nine, ten, maybe games unbeaten again? Yeah, I bloody do think we are. What do you think, Neil? Well, I, I, you have you been back? You would know you've you've seen it up front and personal. Yeah, I mean, I, I think from what I've seen of the Blackburn game, what I've heard of the Blackburn game, we, we give them a right royal pasty. And and I, I I think we need two, th- three things for me. We need somebody who who can just play that more considered final ball, be that from the wing or from the attacking midfield position. Either way. Um, it would be greedy to ask for both. Um, I think we need a little bit more... Um, Invention. Resolve. No, mm. resolve, mate. Mm. We, we, we just don't seem... We seem like we're, we, we sort of get disheartened if we're, if we're not putting these these chances away when we're creating, you know? Mm. And I think we need a, a little bit more resolve. Uh, and we, we do need somebody who's a, a, a bit more nasty mm. in the ranks. For me, yeah, we, we certainly we certainly don't react very well, Neil, to going one down. Yeah, no, we still haven't. We're still haven't managed to kick that to the curb because obviously they, our away form was the biggest problem at the beginning of the season. We beat Bristol and then we got a monkey off our back. But when we go one nil down, we just still struggle to mm. react. Yes, yeah, I think I it's 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 hard. It? It's like you watch them and think, well, you know. That's that's why I can understand we're being now being linked with Cleverly Lee and Neil and and obviously a few more players. Um, the, the problem is that when you go to the Premier League, a lot of these players are thinking, "Oh, I wouldn't mind going to Newcastle," but there's other other teams in trouble 
um, and they want to they want to they want to stay in the Premier League. I think that's the reason why all of these bids that George said Newcastle have put in, they're waiting to hear back from the team because you you know the agents are talking to their players saying, well, if you're going to leave, mate, I can get you a, a Premier League team, and that's the problem, isn't it? It's this window is far too long. I would rather it was a two-week window and we get on with it and all the craziness happens in those two weeks. Like this, this is like a month, isn't it? And it's mm-hmm. and it's going. I think it affects everything we're doing because if you can't, if, if these players have got too much, too many things going on in their minds about travelling to different clubs, you know, it, it, it to me it's just it adds to uncertainty. The fact that we can't replace John Joe Shelby to to spread the ball around and. Um, have these Hollywood passes? To me, that that's a bigger, a bigger issue than yeah. We're because no matter what happens, Lee, isn't it? With Rafa, they're always Newcastle, always going to be compact. The fact that we haven't got, like Neil just said, somebody in there, like a, I wouldn't have, I don't want to say a Joey Barn, but somebody of that ilk in that team. And the, the one thing that interests me on Saturday, the unfortunate thing is was uh, Mitrovic going off because them two up front like that to me when I saw that I actually started getting a little bit excited I thought well if we're gonna if we're gonna go that route get the guys out wide get get it in there go after him a little bit but then he's injured within a couple of minutes it's like oh you know well, that was certainly a change in his thinking. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I was I was quite happy thinking, oh well, you know, he's gone four four two today. You know, get the ball out wide, get some balls in the box, get them mm-hmm. attacked, and maybe maybe when we lost Shelby, you know, that could have been a way to go. Mitrovic or Gale or Mitrovic and um, Murphy and Gale. Maybe use the, the you could have you could have the two the two wide lads playing Astu and Richie, and maybe sort of like try to break teams down that way, but. Yeah, he, he, he hasn't went that way. He, he didn't go that way for one reason or another. Um, <clears throat> I I just think that um, he he likes to play a certain way. I think there's. I think definitely he's probably in the market. I think the key position that he is actually looking at is definitely a number ten. Um, but whether that kind of player would become available in this market is another matter. I, I don't actually see him doing any permanent like deals unless he mm. believes those players will be able to step up next season because you know like I said we're currently sitting in a position where we are going to go up this season and I, I, I really do think we will um, I can't see him signing any more squad players I think cleverly would probably be a clever bit of business on loan because mm. at the end of the day he's a forward thinking player likes to he scores a goal he's, he's forward thinking is he as good as Shelby Maybe not. Is, is he better than what we've got going forward from midfield? Yes, he is. So that would be an improvement on the squad. So, as you've said, yeah, it's a bit of a pin in the arse window. But mm. I, I, I do one. think we might use the loan market more than we'd look at the permanent yeah, signings. Like I said, I only see us signing footballers that'll mm. take us forward. You know, we'll not sign squad players. We'll not sign maybe the likes of Grant Hanley. We'll not sign the likes mm. of um, Daryl Murphy. You know, they were bought in the boost of the squad just in case we had problems, and I don't see us doing those kind of deals. I did like, uh, Neil, I did like seeing Murphy in there scoring that goal. I, th- I think he'll become a, you know, I don't think he'll be out for very long. Over the next few weeks could have an important role. Mm. And I think that's, that's when you'll see why he was brought in. It's, it's as simple as that. And I, and I think Lee's spot on. I think we'll use the loan market. I think you take somebody like Cleverly, 
It was the last time he was in the championship. He was Watford's player this season. He scored 11 goals in 33 games. He, he got them promoted. He, he knows the division. He know, he, and he, he can obviously play in the division. But is he then going to hang around it in our squad in the Premier League when we've got to go up a level again? And I don't think that's the case. And I think that's why we'll use the loan market. We're going to bring people in who are going to do a job for us. And then we'll see. We'll see. Thank you very much. We're going further than this. Um, uh, without sounding, you know, arrogant or dismissive of, of players, but I mean that that's the way it is. I can't see us wanting to be lumbered with a very overly burdened squad full of players that other teams don't want. Mm. This sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, so we, we basically we're need to, right now. There. We need to use and abuse and get out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And and, 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 and and make no bones about it. We've got to be that ruthless about it. It's like when um, Man United used to send. It's like when Man United used. To, Man United sent us to what of that, that that kid? What was that kid, Carl? Where what when Ferguson wanted to play? I forgot his bloody name. Rossi, yeah. Rossi, Rossi, yeah. You know, we, we do the same. Use clever, use cleverly. Use his use his mm. talent. Use his talent in the championship where he's probably going to be a class above. Mm. You know, you use him. Use him to get out of this league if he's available. He's one of the. He'll be, he would be one of the better forward-thinking midfielders in there. Use him. Get out the league. We've got to get out with this division by any means possible. Goodbye, crew. And, 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 and this, we've seen fine examples of, of why we need to. It's like quicksand. The more you struggle, the, the, the further you get sucked in. If you look at teams below it, and teams who've been in here in this division a while, and Brighton's one of them, mind. You, mm-hmm. and, and I still Brighton. say they're due a wobble. And yep. their squad yep. still isn't deep enough to cope with injuries and suspensions. They've been bloody lucky on that front. They have. It hasn't been well. tested once yet. They, they, they lose two or three of their names. That's not the same team. And so no. we've got to look at it this way. And we don't want to be stuck like Leeds, like Nottingham Forest, like Sheffield Wednesday, like a host of other clubs that, you know... Um, in not so long ago, you would say we're solid Premier League clubs. Because once you get stuck in this division, it's bloody hard to, 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 to shift the balance to get out. And so getting out at the first attempt is the best way to do it. And we've got to do it by any means possible. And if that means um, taking players who are a step up from this league, from the Premiership, on loan, we've got to be not too proud to accept that that's what we've got to do. And we've also got to be not too stupid as to take them permanently and return them when job is done and say, do you know what, if they weren't good enough in the Premier League for you, they're not good enough in the Premier League for us either. Absolutely. And that might be what's holding up various loans deals. Because mm-hmm. some of these clubs may be insisting you get promoted, you buy. These, yeah. you, know, you, you don't know how these loan deals work, and therefore what might be holding them up is may, there may be clauses in there that, that our club just don't want to agree to. They'll just turn around and say, no thanks. Um, so it, it, it isn't as easy getting a transfer deal done anymore. And, and you talk to anybody in football, um, even over here, you talk, you talk to the guys over here who are involved with the transfers. Getting some of these transfers done are not easy. You you, you look at um, take Al Ahli, and I know that they got Guyane and Guyan was actually in the boardroom at Reading, ready to sign a contract. When they pulled him out of that boardroom with yeah. a telephone call, told him to make his excuses, and he was on a plane back to the Emirates the same day. 
That's how late late some of these things change, is that, you know, the player can be there ready to put his name on the dotted line, and and his phone goes and he answers it, and then somebody's saying, do you want to come and play here? I'll give you this amount. Uh, Absolutely. Mm. You know. That's um, why, that's that's, that's what's happening with with Cleverly, for sure. Because there's no way he, he won't want to go down a league below, even if, because... Listen, well, in Liam, when you look at it, we need two players in that midfield to to cover Shelby and replace Shelby. I uh, think we need Andrew, that because Andrew, be given, be, I, I, honestly, I, I don't agree with you on the uh, cleverly thing. Being given the opportunity when you're not playing football at Everton to mm. come and play for Newcastle United with Rafa Benitez as your manager, yeah. how old, man? Yeah, if you don't, if you don't want to do that, not, I don't want you. You're not, you you're not, you're not, you're not dropping, you're not, you're not dropping down the play for Cardiff, Cardiff and Neil Warnock. Remember, Tom, you know remember Cleverly was a couple of, I think a couple of years ago, I remember he, he, went, he, he was castigated for putting a picture out there with lots and lots of money, i.e. Uh, like Rob Beardsley who played for Sunderland, and I remember that, so I think when it, that's the thing is, they're so conscious of, of the money, of the oh, ego, God. And that's the problem with Cleverly. We don't know them because if they're looking to buy Scheidelin from um, Man United, and that seems to be taking a long time for whatever it, reason. I, I, I don't. I don't think. We, I think at the end of the day, I think Benitez, is, Benitez wouldn't bring anyone who who's going to be a bad apple, who's going to upset mm. the shit. He certainly would look to keep everything ticking along nicely. And I just think Cleverly on ability in terms of certainly championship. He would be able to. He would be playing at the high end of the championship, as Neil just pointed out. He would mm. play the season at Watford. You know, he scored multiple goals. Help them get mm. promoted. We, at the end of the day, are probably still, in my opinion, got the stronger squad. Even if we didn't invest in this window, mm-hmm. I'm confident that the squad of players that we have at this moment in time, if they get their head down, knuckle down, continue to do what they did. Like I said, if we play like we did against Blackburn for the majority of the majority of the games remaining in this season and have the same control in a football match. We will win nine times out of ten. I'm telling you now, that was an absolute freak result. But unfortunately, that freak result that followed on for. I knew we wouldn't beat Blackburn. I knew it. I was, we've been there so many times in the season, and many seasons gone there. We've got absolutely nothing. And I, I've got a horrific record down there. Oh, it's, and I knew I, if we got an early goal, then I would have been more. And I think. A, more positive, but the fact that went on and on and on, and, and you know, have, the, might have saved my feet as well. I've never, I thought I was, I thought my feet were going to drop off. It's a horrible ne- place ne- to visit. Never, never will I go to an away match in the winter with going out shoes on ever. <laughs> oh my God! I can't believe you did that. What, what do you, th- what do you think, Neil? What do you think, Neil, about the? Yeah, yeah that's madness. I was going out, man. I was in the bars and all that. Like, 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 to be fair to us, Neil, I might have been, <laughs> might as well have been wicker. You would think I was in uh, Dubai. <laughs> That's a that's a good way to go though. If you're gonna do, if you're gonna go all the way, do it. What, what do you think, Neil, about the, the the bringing in two players like that needs to that needs to cover Shelby because we we know he's got a thick skin, so it, it won't yeah, take I, much I, to get him sent off. At. I would rather we had an alternative plan, mm-hmm. and we don't seem to have a plan B. Do you um, not think him pairing uh, Murphy and Mitrovic was a, a step in a direction? He's realising he may have to go. Don't know. Maybe. Um, he's, he's, he seems mm. to have been quite resistant to playing two up front. Mm. 
all season, so why shouldn't he? Suddenly now, but it, it, it wouldn't put it past him. He's such a student of the game that he might be wanting to to, to dabble with it. But I know it's, it's not doesn't seem to be in his football DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, two players to replace. I don't. I, I think we need difference. Yeah, I think I we need options. We need people who can do different things to Shelby. It's mm-hmm. not about replacing them. It's about finding other ways to break down stubborn defences. Because we're lacking that nose. We just don't have that nose sometimes. It's that final little bit of gale, you know, the the, the Esprilla X Factor, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's that that ability to just work out what's going to pick the lock. Because mm-hmm. some of them, quite frankly, are quite happy to to, to park, a, park a fleet of buses. <laughs> yeah. And and then, you I mean, look at what Huddersfield did early on in the season. You know, they, 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 they basically put shutters up against the goal, hit one on the break, and they got away with it. And then, and then other teams have looked at that and thought, ah, this is how we're going to do it. And and some of them have managed successfully to do so. And I think we need to, to, to man up a little bit. That's why I also think we need, we need somebody, some sort of horrible, nasty aggressor in my team somewhere. We don't have that. No. Is anybody you have heard of, Lee, that you think that that aggressor you'd like to come in that you think's available? It's hard, isn't it? Anyone, I can't even think of one off the top of my head. I suppose you mentioned someone before, but obviously that's not happening. Joey Barton going back to Burnley, I, I, I suppose he probably would have been um, the kind of player you might want. But then again, you know, if you look around, if you look around the rest of the teams who was in around it, you know, uh, Brighton and. Redden and all that. Who's there? Who's there? Aggressive, you know. I know Redden, uh, Brighton's got Steve Sidwell, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't really class him as their. I, I, I suppose probably more, our most aggressive, one of our most aggressive players probably is Shelby. Um, mm. But obviously he's got that. Shelby's got a little bit something else in his locker. But then again, but I think back to the start of the season when um, when we started to win a few football matches, Shelby wasn't playing particularly well. He was mm. playing board idle until Rafa got him on point. Um, no one, no one just rolls off the tongue. I would imagine they probably can't think of anyone either. Yeah, um, hard. I, I, no, I, I, it is hard. Yeah. You know, I mean, there might be someone out. He might be exploring the foreign market. There might be someone out there that he fancies. But I would say just it, so I let you I let, let you guys know that Newcastle, if they beat Birmingham, play Oxford United away from home in the next round of the cup. Oh, Oxford United. We'll get a great draw, and we're going to screw the replay. <laughs> it does happen, doesn't it? All the time. Now you know why it's a good, you know well you know what I need to happen. I need Newcastle to win the replay and then beat Oxford because my bloody mate from Belgium's book flights to come over the weekend where we're supposed to be playing Aston Villa and they change the bugger to the Monday night. But if we get into the fifth round of the cup, you can get into the game because obviously we'll lie to play on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. <laughs> it's a nightmare to get to Oxford, I know that. I think I've been there once before. I think. <laughs> That's the thing, is that the, the, for, for all sense of purposes, this weekend, I, I, like, I didn't feel at all um, excited. The only thing I was excited for was seeing Mitrovic with Murphy. Apart from that, I'd, you know, I, when we went 1-0 up, I thought, oh, great, we're going to, you know, we've got, we're playing against a team... Zola is about as useless as a chocolate fire guard when it comes to managing. And then, all of a sudden, obviously, they equalise. It's like... And then, you, that, the thing about Newcastle, you expected a reaction, like... And then, nothing really happened, and we're quite 
happy to go to a draw, but I think probably the difference is now we, we actually got to the draw when probably last season we would have completely and utterly folded, even though they had a, a few well headers near the end by a big lad. And that, to me, is the way Newcastle are going to have to go with Murphy. Um, the problem is, I would personally play Murphy and Mitrovic, but the problem is putting Gale on the on the wing. I don't think he wants to do that, does he, Neil? Of course he doesn't. And why should he? Yeah. You know, uh, we've got a lad in Gale who's, who's banging goals in. He needs to be putting them in. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Can't, um, can't put Gail on the wing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, after, I knew, Neil, I knew, Neil Andrews just turned into Alan Pardew. <laughs> 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 and you'll get reaction. But, <laughs> hey, it's got to be said. If it's always going to say, it might as well better be me. <laughs> well, I'm going to bring in my next <laughs> guest. I'm going to bring my next guest this evening uh, to go with Lee and Neil. It's uh, Chris calling from, uh, well, from a very, very subdued... Um, uh, Dallas, obviously with his team playing quite soon uh, next week in the NFL. Um, how, what's been your take on a relatively um, uninspiring last couple of weeks for Newcastle United, Chris? Yeah, they've um, you know, they haven't taken advantage of some situations, but um, you know, guys, I read something um, about Newcastle. I'm not sure who wrote it, but he had a lot of. It kind of got me thinking a little bit that maybe. I mean, I'm not saying we expect too much, but mm-hmm. I mean Newcastle's you know top two in the league. They're, they have mm-hmm. a chance to be promoted. They're you know they've got a chance to move on in the FA Cup. They're scoring goals. They've got one of the best managers in the world. I mean, and you know, things could be worse, fellas. <laughs> so, and I, it, it kind of and it maybe made me think a little bit because he was basically calling out whoever wrote this was calling out the fans. Mm-hmm. Games saying that you know, there's 50,000 people at St. James's Park, but they don't make a, they don't make a noise unless they're slagging the team off, you know, and, and and whistling when they're not playing well, which is actually made instead of it being a fortress at St. James's Park, it's actually kind of done the opposite. And I don't know. I mean, like I so said, we don't get a chance to see these games on TV mm-hmm. in the U.S. anymore like we used to. You only can kind of hear on the radio. But it seems to me, guys, that I really haven't heard. Newcastle in that cauldron of sound, and I mean St. James's Park in that cauldron of sound that is such a, a formidable place to play since the since the Norwich comeback, and who actually stayed for the Norwich comeback is you know is, is the big question. Mm-hmm. Know, Interesting. Guys, what do you think? I mean, are we expecting yeah. too much? Well, Neil's just come back from Dubai, so he can probably answer that now. Go to Lee. What do you think, Neil? Sorry, Andrew. What do you think on what what uh, Chris just said with regards to? I think that the fans think um, that we should be um, playing better, doing better, and uh, we should be winning games no matter what because of... I can can get the take on that to a point. There's part of us looks at we're we're terrible for going back and doing comparisons, and you look at the last time we were in this division, um, but I think the last time we were in this division, we didn't really have anybody properly snapping up our heels the way Brighton have been all the time. Um, I, I don't think... Um, I do think we had a similar wobble around about Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've got to take that into consideration. I think we've been... My take when I was back was that the atmosphere in the stadium was a little bit flat, and I know I read plenty of people who could having concerns about the atmosphere in the stadium. Um, I, I, th- 
think perhaps sometimes you don't know when you do have it too good. And yes, I think we've got to. I certainly get wound up by people having a go at Rafa on social media because you know it, it's weird like behavior. it is weird behaviour. You're right, mate, and and we've just got to let them get on with it. And I think if we let them get on with it. Yes, we can debate about what we could or couldn't do or should or shouldn't do. That's that's what football's all about. It's about opinion in, in part, and that's the beauty of it, is we can all have a different opinion in, in watching the same thing and still enjoy it and still enjoy sharing that opinion, even if at the end of the day everybody agrees to disagree. I don't see that as being a big, big issue. Um, Neil, Lee, I, Andrew, I think what happened is is those opinions, instead of being shared at the pub after the match are now being shared on social media so everybody can see them. You know, and in the past, right. you know, if the coach was you know, not playing well, you'd, be, you'd, go, you'd go have a pint or two after the match, and everybody would kind of get it all out at the pub, and that'd be it. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be in front page of newspapers because, you know, everyone can grab a tweet now, and everyone can just – social media just perpetuates stuff. The fact that people are literally talking about how Rafa out, are they out of their freaking mind mm-hmm. is, 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 is kind of what I said. We should be just worshipping the fact that this guy wanted to stay with Newcastle. And in, in the beginning we were, and now we're not. And I don't understand that. I don't but, hey, guys, about the home, the home field advantage, I was going to do a little comparison to the, to the U.S. There's a team in the MLS that won the, won the title this year called the Seattle Founders. And they were kind of up and down you know, with regards to their play. But you never know it by the, how the crowd is because they, they packed that place in Seattle. And it is so loud and so intimidating from the moment the ball is kicked to the end of the game, regardless of whether they won or lost. And I really would – I just you – know, Newcastle fans, we love to pat ourselves on the back how great we are. To me, I think that if there's, a, if there's a venue that really could pull that off, it could be St. James's Park, but they're just not doing it. Yeah, well, obviously, Neil, you've just come back from Newcastle on the crowd, and Lee, you obviously at the game as well. It, it definitely sounds like – uh, there's a downturn in it. I have to, I have to see in terms of the crowd. And, uh, I would say you are pretty much looking. Uh, this is ninety. This is ninety-five percent of all see the stadium now, Andrew. Mm. I, I would say when you go to an away game and an all see the stadium, for example, a Premier League game, you would fi- you'll probably find the away fans a lot more boisterous than the home mm. fans. I would say our stadium in particular. We our stadium only seems to rock when the odds are stacked against us. Um, when your Man United's or your Chelsea's or your Liverpool's rock up at St James's Park or your Man City's, I would say that's when your stadium starts to rock. Sadly, sadly, I would say most people will come into that game thinking we're going to lose today. We really need to get behind the boys to get a result out of this. Whereas in the Championship, you know, going back to the early season after we beat QPR 6-0 away, uh, I was walking up to the ground against. That was the day we played Wolves, and I'm walking up to the ground, and I'm hearing, I'm hearing people predict five, six, seven, eight, nines, tens. I'm thinking, are these people for real? And that's the mentality of people that are going into the ground. Which again, I can understand that. Yes, we're going to win the day. We're better than these, of course. We're better than most teams in the championship. But there's got to be a degree of, um, there's got to be a degree of decorum in your head to say. We could lose today. Teams are going to come to St. James's. Teams are going to make it difficult if we go 1-0 down at home. Have the fans got anything in them where they're going to get behind them instead of straight away just 
maybe targeting a player. Oh, Dumbass, he's not good enough, blah, blah, blah. Callback, he's not good enough. And that's mm. what sadly happens when we go 1-0 down. There's always somebody there to be picked on. It's not a case like, come on, let's pick the lads up by the scruff of the neck. They might need a little bit of help here. You know, when we went nine games unbeaten, when we went 1-0 down to Blackburn, there was no reaction in the stands. The lads mm. had just spent nine games unbeaten. They deserved our applause, our support at that particular point in time. So... There is a bit of a problem, but I think it's pretty much 95% of most all city stadiums where you get that these days, sadly. Yeah, Neil, because yeah, no, you, obviously you've... Sorry, go ahead, Chris. No, and, and Lee, I, I agree, because imagine what... Uh, don't you guys remember, like, I mean, I hate to let's whack poetically, but I remember 10 or 15 years ago, St. James's Park, I mean, you'd see it on TV even here in the States. The singing started... The moment the ball was kicked and the singing did not end until the final whistle. Mm. It was loud. It was, it, was, it was exciting. It didn't mm. even matter if Newcastle was winning or losing. The fans were Chris, not going to give it up. Chris, it was better when it was 36,000. It was actually yeah, better when it was 36,000. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it's definitely gone down a tad. And, you know, well, well, Neil, you were there the other week. Mind you. It's definitely mind quiet, you, isn't Andrew, it? Mind you, Andrew, I have to say this and yeah. to, to Neil and uh, to Chris. Mike Ashley uh, and the club sucked the life out of the fan base for a good yeah. seven to eight years. Yeah, they did. Literally yeah. sucked the life out of us. I'm telling you now, and, 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 we, and that's why, and I think that's why there's this continued mistrust. Mm. And I'm like, man, like what Chris is saying, this, this manager that we've got is an absolute godsend. You know, and I still think there's a lot of people who mistrust what, what's going on within the club. And they've got to realise that Rafa, when Rafa, you know, you know, basically put his colours to the mask, it took a while to happen because he was getting contracts and the solicitors to sign off on stuff in the background, which would probably stop the likes of Mike Ashley interfering in things that he was going to do football-wise. Because if he did, Rafa Benitez would sue his arse off, yeah. you know, because he would have looked at what's happening. I just want people to maybe take a back step and think, this is the best way I can put it. Would Josie Mourinho? Would Pep Guardiola? took on a challenge like Rafa Benitez at Newcastle United's done. No, the would Rafa Benitez years. could have walked out of mm -hmm. Newcastle United and, wa and walked into many clubs. Many clubs, and I'm talking top football clubs. Clubs that are in the Champions League. So that's why I hold Rafa Benitez in higher respect than I do probably anybody at this particular moment in time. Because he has took on an incredible challenge to try and sort this football club out. And he wasn't just sorting the first team out. He had the, the, all the stuff behind the scenes. He's trying to reconnect the dots. And like I said, he's seven to eight months now into a three-year contract. I'm excited that this man's here. And people need to sometimes just sit back, take stock, and realise what we have here. True. Neil? Well, yeah, uh, I think we're, we're at this sort of... Um, we want to get the, the hope back. Mm. But we're frightened to hope too much because we're yeah. waiting for the rug to be pulled from underway again. And I, yeah. I think that's a very valid point. Um, I think the scope also to talk at this point about safe standing and the reintroduction yeah. of safe yeah. standing. I think that would bring groups of lads and lasses back together again who would really like to go. To, it's why away, the atmosphere at away games was always better because you've got groups of pals together and it makes that atmosphere bounce. If you imagine, mm. bearing in mind we had the singing section and that got disbanded because there were singing songs they didn't like. <laughs> um, and so, you know, that's where it backfires, I guess. Mm. But um, 
I, I think if we had something like that brought into the mix, and I'm glad people are starting to talk sensibly about it again, because um, I think that will bring atmosphere back to many grounds where there's a little bit of a dead lull where if you could create an area of safe standing where those who want to uh, bounce around and make a bit of noise and, and, and do it with their mates in an old school way um, can do so. And I think it would introduce a great degree of atmosphere back into the ground. I think we need to look at things like that. It's mm. not like going to the opera. It's not, a, you know, and, 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 and nor should it be um, part of the, the game's joy is the passion in therein both on and off the pitch and, and and if it's allowed to stagnate and become something a little bit mundane and run of the mill um, and, and again uh, the, the, the Premier League and the way it works and we're dealing with modern fan bases and, and, and it is different the way we were different to the generation above us and the way the generation below us is, sometimes seems a little bit odd I know crossing that generation gap of football fans, I know from when I had, had dealings with the Trust, trying to explain to some of the older fans what some of the younger fans were getting out of what they were doing. And then they were mystified, but in the same way that we were terrified and mystified by the lads in the butcher's courts, you know. Um, and, 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 and everything's different, and it just changes and evolves. But I do think there's, that, that there's room to bring something like that back to generate that more bit more atmosphere and get, get that passion reignited in the stands a bit more because I think we could we could certainly benefit from it at times because as Lee says quite right, perhaps sometimes the only time that our place is bouncing is when we don't expect anything when we're actually expecting to have our butts kicked and we've got to do that little bit extra to, to get behind the lads and I do wish we could find a way to tap into that every week Yeah Lee, you agree, do you agree with that because it is tough when it's it is even on periscope sometimes you, there isn't really lots of, of you know vocal vocal things going on there I, I, I do think it's the way that other teams come to play at Newcastle you know they're not if they if they come at us then the then the, the team is you know, the fans lift the team even if they're playing a bit down what do you think Lee? Uh, like I said in terms of the championship there's an expectancy to win every week that's every week it doesn't matter whether we're home or away there's nothing wrong with that by the way mm. but I just think that sometimes the, the team needs us like I said for example using the game against Blackburn at home when we went nine games unbeaten you know we were fantastic we were rolling teams over um, and when we went 1-0 down you know there was no reaction in the stands it was just like Ah, the lads will dig. We're out here. Well, they didn't dig us out. We probably just needed a little bit, a little bit, you know, a little bit from the stand because it does help. It does work. It does work. Mm. It does help. That's why our record is better away from home this season because I've been a few of the away games and uh, most of the away, the away support has been absolutely fantastic. But I, I just, like I said, there is a, this is this is this is new. By the way, this is like like Neil said, things are changing. If you go to most stadiums in the Premier League um, or see the stadiums, you will find the home support are quite quiet. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes you can hear a pin drop, Chris, when you when you watch any game in the in the the Championship. Uh, it's, even when Newcastle are there, it's like I didn't really even at the Blackburn game that which was live. You know, you listen to it, and it's long periods of silence going on there. You know, it's. 
I think, well, plus you've got lots of things going on at Blackburn behind the scenes, but it's still, you'd, if the fans came into it more and more when Newcastle, it looked like Newcastle weren't going to do anything, and that particular day they did nothing, you know, obviously they had lots of chances and they had lots of the play, but I think we're getting back to what Joe said um, uh, before that, you know, there there isn't a bit of of devilment in the Newcastle's play at the moment. Yes, we're getting goals, but it's, you know, we're not massively taking on teams to to beat them and really make a statement. Even so far, I think probably the Leeds game, I thought, was one of the the games where Newcastle played well and a lot of invention shown in that game. What do you think, Chris? No, well, and you and I, you know, we, we messaged each other back and forth mm-hmm. on Twitter, and I thought, you know, Dwight Gale wasn't on Newcastle United. Uh, Newcastle United would be a mid-table mm-hmm. team in the championship right now. He just keeps mm-hmm. scoring goals. But, hey, guys, the, and it's something I've said, uh, I've said here in the States and about this generation. I call it the everyone is a winner generation. You know, we give, we give participation mm-hmm. trophies. Nobody wants to work for anything. Let's just become a fan of Chelsea or Man City mm. or Man United. Let's just go buy, buy the title. No one wants to work to try to actually win the title. And I think that that's kind of trickled down to, uh, in, into English football now, is that you know, uh, fans just expect to show up and see, <laughs> see, you know, see three, four goal victories, and, mm. and then they go home and, uh, and have, some, you know, have a tea and talk about it. It's, nobody wants to work to try to win the game. And I'm telling you guys, I think if, I really wish that Newcastle fans just – let's just go one match. Mm-hmm. Just from the moment the ball is kicked, have a huge roar, keep it loud, make it intimidating for another team to come. I don't think St. James's Park is very intimidating for opposing teams to play at right now. Once no, you get not. over the – it's huge and you see mm-hmm. people everywhere because then it's like playing in a library. Yeah. What do you think, Lee? Because and then obviously Neil in a second, but it's interesting when Newcastle come out there with that attitude that we're going to get them. We do score goals quite quickly uh, normally, and they, but it's interesting as soon as we score, we take we, the the foot comes off the gas and other teams come back in. Lee, uh, well, like I said, the the problem we've got is there's an expectancy. A massive expectancy to beat everyone in this league and steamroller everybody. Mm. I uh, uh, look. I, I mean, I'll try. I, 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 I love. I love a good sing song. Mm. I'll sit in the corner. I would say that's probably the most vocal part of the stadium. Uh, everywhere else is a bit meat-like, um, and I do think the expansion of the singing section mm. was sadly a bad thing um, because actually they were up a height and it kind of filtered down through the stadium. Mm. But obviously. <laughs> A lot of it was Andy, Andy Mike Ashley songs at the mm-hmm. time, and he had enough of it, and he just basically disbanded with it. He shouldn't have really. He should have. He was big enough and fat enough. He had thicker skin, <laughs> so he didn't really need to do that. Um, but it's it's difficult. It's, like I said, I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to kind of say the same thing again. But like yeah. I said, if you go to 95% of stadiums these days, what you'll find is Old Trafford, for example. Old Trafford's like an absolute morgue. Um, but if you Man United's away fan base is unreal probably one of the best fan bases in the league. Um, they never stop, they're non-stop for 90 minutes. Like I said, I've done three or four away games this season and Newcastle fans away from home have been absolutely outstanding, but you just, unfortunately, can't kind of replicate that at St. James's Park. It's a shame, but <laughs> that's just, that, that, this is modern football for you, I think, sadly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? You've seen, you watch, um, you watch West Ham now, who've got one of the, you know, they've gone to a new stadium, 
um, you know, think, and they they buy a new stadium, and it's the the act from the from the pitch to the the stand, it's miles away, and they're wondering why they they they're not seem to be embracing um, the new stadium, or that the the players aren't playing that well. It's it's quite funny to me when you when you you see all this and well, okay, you've got a new stadium, but you would think a lot of teams would would think when they buy something or they build something that the stadium would be close to the fans because you want to intimidate um, the the other team. I think in this league what we've got, when players obviously in the in the Premier League, when the fans are there and um, it's obviously the tempo is a bit more high, I suppose you 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 do get that fear factor. Uh, from the other teams and the other players always say, don't they? They feel like Newcastle is intimidating. But I remember Steve Riss in a long time ago that um, when a when a player is struggling, that Newcastle fans can make a break a player. Well, that's playing for Newcastle United, from that my opinion. What do you think, Neil? Well, um, <laughs> there, there is certain pressure always comes with wearing that shirt. Um, because and, and the only the only pressure really is is we would like that player to wear it the way we would wear it, and I genuinely think that's the only pressure we exert. Um, other than that, um, if you can't do it, if if being in St James's Park for me, when it's full, mm. if that doesn't inspire you as a player yeah. to yeah. want to do well, I don't think I want you at my football club. Mm. And and you can hear Janice talk about his goldfish bowl. That mm. that's the that's the off the field pressure that comes with Newcastle United. Mm. One city, one club, we're all eyes on. Yes, we want to know where you shop, and we want to know what's in your <laughs> shopping basket, and we want to know where you fill fill your car with petrol. And we want to know what type of car it is, what petrol you're putting in it, who washes it. Yeah, like Germain Janice. Yeah. yeah, you know, and we do want that a little bit, but again. It depends on the, the the cut of your jib, I suppose. Um, who, uh, from again, my personal opinion, I would love that. Mm. I would hey guys, that. what about the, just the atmosphere? Like, I know it's it's got to be tradition, but that song that Newcastle comes out to is just not yeah. really a. Listen, it's it's not a. It's like you it's like you should be drinking in a pub singing that song. You know, it does not. It doesn't scream, hey, we're about to come out and kick your ass on the final <laughs> yeah. I mean, you say what you want about Tottenham, but those guys come out to, like, the Empire theme or whatever the heck it was. I mean, it's just, it's just you're immediately pumped up. And I think Liverpool really benefits a lot from everyone singing, you don't, you never walk alone. When the mm. game gets started, you're singing and pumped up and ready to go. Newcastle, they kind of come hopping out to that song and, hey, oh, hey, lads, let's, let's get after it. I don't know. I just wish that I wish that there was more of an intimidation factor. I, I think that the intimidation factor to me is in the team. It's the the leaders on the team, and I think because um, George touched on it earlier, as well as Neil, that there isn't really a, a player that will drag players around. Like I remember when Shelby came in, people were like, uh, like Shelby, Shelby when he first came in, even though he didn't do much, he. Um, you know, because he was shouting at other players, talking to other players, and even though we've we spent quite wisely in the in the transfer window, um, you know, the one player I would that I kept on hearing that was vocal was Hanley. Uh, then you obviously got Lascelles who talks, 
but um, I, I, yeah, it needs to be. But the trouble is, in the in the transfer window, is it going? Are we going to get somebody that comes in that can be like that? Uh, and that's the trouble, isn't it? You're looking at somebody a bit more mature. I I personally would have gone for 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 Barton, even though he's gone to Burnley. Um, but you know, there again, there's not many people you could you could think to yourself. Yeah, well, Carrick. That's kind of Carrick, looking, that's kind of looking back. Probably, yeah. Looking back again, though. What about? I mean, like if Dwight Gale was more vocal, that would help. I mean, just a guy. What the heck did Chancel Mbemba do that yeah. he can't get a game? Is what I'd like to know. How is he not on the pitch? Isn't he one of Newcastle's best defenders? Neil can answer that one. <laughs> uh, I genuinely think he doesn't listen to instruction, mate. Yeah, yeah, I think Rafa. If you look at Rafa at the end of last season, he he, he was like a policeman directing traffic on the touchline, mm. telling people where to go mm. and what have you. And if if you look at the games that Mbemba uh, started earlier this season, he was off up the pitch doing dribbles mm. and getting himself out of position. Mm. And I think Rafa's all about positional sense. And I think well, they need to get sure, rid of him. If you if you're sure that you're not prepared to to tour the line in that respect, I think you're out. And mm. I think he's probably transgressed yeah. once too often. I, I, I genuinely think maybe he's, you know, he, he's one of these players whose pace gets him out of trouble sometimes. Um, and I don't think that's, again, I think that's, that's out again, not in Rafa's DNA as a, as a football manager. It's just my take on it, but that's honestly what mm. I see. It's the only thing I can see because you're right, last season at times he, he looked like my best defender. Mm. Yeah, I'm surprised it was come for a bit though, wouldn't you, Neil? You think somebody would have come in? Um, I think, think Anderlecht have, have asked it to see if it could take come, him back on loan. Yeah, Anderlecht already wants uh, him back. But um, I think I think if he is viewed as a liability, and I think he, he is an asset, I think it's a, it may be an asset to cash in on. But again, not this window, not until we're up in the Premier League. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Guys, one thing it's one thing I think that Newcastle has really lacked, and we've talked about this for for years, is they don't have like they have not had like a Lampard, someone who could score goals from midfield. If it doesn't come from the forwards, it, like it doesn't happen. You know, the one thing good about Kevin Nolan is that Nolan could score goals you know, from that midfield. But it made that midfield position so much more of a threat. When you play Newcastle United, you know all you have to do is lock up Dwight, you know, lock up Gale, make sure. They don't get, give Newcastle about 50 corners because no one's going to put it in the back of the net on a corner kick, and you're done. And, 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 and I think until they've got guys that can score from, like, I don't know what's happened to Colback. Mm-hmm. Colback seems to be getting worse and worse with yeah. every year he plays in Newcastle United. Um, that's a good point. Never yeah. to support Newcastle. It's a good, that's a good point, you know. Like I, I don't know what Neil thinks. Lampard is available. How old is he, 35, 36? Like I'm was shocked when he turned around and said on TV that he's going to wait t- until uh, the end of Christmas on New Year celebrations before he makes a decision on his future. Now that would be to me, he's obviously looking to go into coach and whatever it is, and he's I think he's he's looking at Chelsea, he's looking at uh, Man City, but that could be an interesting player to come into Newcastle. Uh, if Benitez was clean, but I don't think, uh, after watching him on Soccer AM, that the comments that John Terry made and Lampard made weren't very good on Benitez. I don't know if anybody saw that, but I definitely heard him. You know, they they weren't 
really any fans of Rafa Benitez, which to me is shocking, really. But that just shows you how it, um, Chelsea as a club felt towards Liverpool as a club and Rafa Benitez. But that to me would, if if it was something out, out there to be happening, I would like to see Newcastle go for Lampard. But his comments definitely didn't help. What do you think, Neil? I think that to me would be a great sign and a short-term sign to the end of the season anyway. Oh, I don't know, mate. Um, do we need it? Would a big-time Charlie like that come yeah. in and upset the dressing room? I think yeah, he'd drive that dressing room. Do you think? No, that's well, I think he would. Too, guys. Uh-uh. January transfers are not supposed to come in and be the captains of the team. They're supposed to come in and row with the rest of the guys. You need someone who can come in and go with the guys, not come in as, hey, I'm the man, you guys follow me now. I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. not what the January transfer window is, in my opinion. Although I would love Michael Carrick. My gosh, I'll love Michael now. Carrick yeah. in a Newcastle United uh, kid. Never going to happen, is it? Is it I, think it was cl- I think it's been close a couple of times, but I don't think it's going to happen. In the, I think he wants to stay there. He wants to end his career at Man United. You know, he's got so much time in the middle of that park to pick up. It's just fantastic to see. It's sickening, really, that we've never had a chance to, to really get him in because I just think compared to Lampard he would be the obvious choice but if you want somebody that's got that bit of nastiness in the dressing room that can say what needs to be said sometimes even with a standout manager that we've got I would you know yeah well, well you look at cleverly you look at different players but I think it could, would be it would be an interesting conversation that's where that's where I'm getting at to bring in to Lampard of someone of that stature that could drive us forward because but maybe I I think with Lampard maybe he thinks he could play in your Premier League even after going to uh, you know the US to end which I think to end his career and you know he left in a, he left in good standing and um, like especially when you're, when you're over there Chris he left in good standing and he scored goals still didn't he yeah, he did. He did well. But hey, guys, one thing. I mean, it's it's interesting. Who, who Newcastle United fans just kind of cracked me up because on Twitter and social media, all I saw this whole weekend was on Deli Ali. <laughs> who cares? He does mm. not play for Newcastle. Yeah. I don't care that Newcastle had a chance to sign him. Newcastle mm. probably had a chance to sign a million people. Mm. <laughs> I'm reading stuff on Ben Arfa still and on Cabella. Yeah. These yeah. guys have their chance. They're gone. Let's. Mm move forward stop looking into the past i think that's the one thing that all of us as newcastle fans have got to do for our own well-being is stop looking and i love keegan and i love the entertainers too and i love Dallin Shear and lauren robert is one of my favorite players but that was a long time ago yeah we get it's, caught up in that forward. yeah i never understand that but it's like we always like you know the links obviously with ben arthur coming back newcastle <laughs> Oh, wait, man. The things I the things I the things I heard about Ben Arthur would make a, a choir boy scream. Some of the things I used to do, but obviously I can't mention it because I know what he did. But it's oh, uh, that's the thing you uh, that's the thing that happens, isn't it? With the Newcastle fans on social media, they talk about so many different things. It's like, come on, let's move on. How about but, uh, for the guys that are on the pitch? Like mm-hmm. I wish DeAndre could actually get more games. I don't know what he's done. Look, I'm not saying Dumbit's not a good player. He is. He just doesn't seem like he gives you enough going forward. He does not have the pace, and he keeps getting beat down the side as well. Yeah, is it? What do you think about Lazar? Because I, I did obviously he played the weekend, and I, I did. He looked like um, 
obviously a bit off the pace, but he looks could be something interesting, Neil, going forward because he has pace and he just seems to, you know, he can get around the pitch a lot, but because he, he looks like he's he's earmarked to take over from from Dummett, I think. Uh, but it just depends if he if uh, Rafa thinks he can play Neil. What do you think on Lazar? Because he looks in, he's going to be interesting. He's going to make mistakes yeah, like they all do. Always an interesting signing in terms of mm. coming from Palermo. Mm. Was it Palermo? Yeah. It was an Italian so. family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and having the uh, uh, the the background in Italian football coming mm. in the championship that that's probably a very hard step to make. Mm. Um, and and this the steps cost him his place in his national team at the African mm. Combinations as well. Mm. So um, it was a was a bit of a gamble on his part. Um, but again, perhaps that's just the, the pull of Rafa Benitez in the club. Mm. Now, um, is he earmarked as a left back? I, I still think he looks like one of these players that could be a left back, could be a left winger. They're still making mm. their minds up. But then again, these days, modern fullbacks are, see, all seem to be converted wingers. Nobody seems to have the art of defending anymore. As, Except as for Newcastle. As you're probably <laughs> sick of hearing me saying <laughs> week in, week out, you know. Um, and certainly that's the case out here when you see fullbacks who genuinely have very little positional sense, can't tackle for toffee, and want to do Cruyff turns in their own area, and you're just thinking, Jesus, just get rid of the ball, man. Um, mm. But that seems to be the way modern football wants to go. Um, I, I gather he, he had a, a, a fair game as well, um, mm. but it's hard. We had to do it playing, didn't he? Was playing yeah, with money. It, it, it's hard to, to to work out for me at the minute whether he sees him as a left back or a left winger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Well, thanks for coming on, uh, Chris. I've got to bring in my final guest this evening, but as ever, great stuff is from you. Interesting points of view, and we'll catch you next week, okay? Gentlemen, always a pro- always a pleasure. Oh, uh, before you go, what do you think? You think you'll win in the in the playoffs? Yeah, it's funny. I yeah, I'm, I, I was just on a sports talk radio here in the states before I got on this, and uh, I wanted I wanted the the Packers as a Cowboys fan. I didn't want anywhere. I didn't want the Giants anywhere near Dallas. The Giants <laughs> just seem to kind of have their kryptonite, whereas uh, everyone wants to anoint Green Bay already as a Super Bowl champion. But we'll see. It's going to be at Dallas. There's a reason why they were 13 and three. I think I, I personally think they're going to get it done, but we may come on next week and I'll be crying in my beard. You know, what do you think, Neil? Green Bay or Dallas? Ooh, there's a thing. <laughs> on on form at the minute, Green Bay are absolutely flying. I, mm. I, I think that's, that's what the wild yeah. card is, Neil. That's what the wild card's all about. Mm. Like it's about mm. well, they have momentum. Well, they have to have momentum, or they couldn't have got couldn't got the wild you know, card. Makes I mean, American playoffs so different on, than on, the UK. Based on the season, though, it should be Dallas's game. Should be. I mean, you know, yeah. the, the Chiefs have got um, yeah. Pittsburgh flying in a, mm. in a similar situation, but Andy Reid's 19 and two coming off of a bye week, so I'm pretty confident that the Chiefs can handle. And Ben Roethlisberger is awful away from Heinz Field. Mm. He well, is Andy, a horrible. He, he, he's kind of like Drew Brees. He just does not play well away from home. Mm. Came out in a boot after the game yesterday yeah. as well, apparently. So <laughs> he's always hurt. Uh, that's <laughs> true. Uh, he's always banged up, isn't he? <laughs> it's gonna be interesting, though. I tell you, it's gonna be interesting. I think is I, I, I got my hunch is the the surprise new all season have um, Dallas, which I hate them anyway. But like, um, 
and I I'll, I would just love to see them struggle because my one of my best friends is actually a Packers fan. So uh, for me, it's, I'm going to be a complete neutral. I'm going to see how it goes. I'll flow with the game, but um, I can you can see you can see it. It just depends if the the defense of Green Bay get at Dak, who can move quite well. But it's going to be a different game. Rest of you guys are talking American football. Lee, oh, we know our stuff. Is Lee, is Lee in on this? Or is Lee's like oh, Lee's gone. <laughs> Lee's gone. But uh, yeah, <laughs> took his took his kid in. But it's gonna be interesting. I think is it Saturday or Sunday the game's on? I don't know at the moment. Be, uh, it's Sunday. It's the final Sunday. game. The Dallas Cowboys have single-handedly saved TV ratings uh, <laughs> in the United States because the NFL ratings have been awful. But they've been putting on they've been putting on the Cowboys every chance they get in the primetime game. It's all about guys. It's all about controlling the clock, controlling the game with the running game, keeping Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. If Dallas can get into like a 28-24 ball game, they're going to win. Now, if it's 42, they're in trouble because Rodgers can score points. Yeah, he can move as well. Be interesting. Yeah. Well, good luck. Uh, Elliot, Elliot's the key player. Elliot's the key player. Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott is going to be huge. And he yeah, ran he, all he over them a last good time. Game. Yeah, he did, didn't mm. he? Yep. Absolutely. Got so, me stuffed in the I'm impressed. as well. I'm impressed. Look at you guys talking American football with me. I'm yeah, well, I know my stuff. I used to live there. Hello. <laughs> the, college, uh, the college uh, football championship is tonight. For Neil, that means it's going to start like at 4 in the morning, you know, in Dubai. But if he wants to watch Clemson in Alabama, that's the big game. <laughs> yeah. It's weird in the States. He's not be doing that. College is as big as pro, which oh. I don't understand. But it is. I can't watch it, mate. It's the one. It's the one thing I could ever watch because if you don't go to any of the colleges, you can't really get involved in it. Like a Georgetown, no, weird. I mean, people, and then basketball is close. Than a pro football, it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, I've always been a football fan, but my job as a sports writer means I have to know college football. So yeah, I, uh, you know, plus, the, fo- I, I plus the girls' football, you've got to do everything, haven't you? Well, thanks for coming on, Chris. Until next week. Thanks, Chris. Take care, mate. Yes, thanks man. very much. Right. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Well, great to have Chris on as ever. Uh, last caller of the evening, uh, as ever, is John, Newcastle United <laughs> fan. So tell me, John, lots going on with Newcastle United. Uh, obviously, a, a draw at the weekend. We, we seem to have lost a way with Shelby out. Uh, the window's open. <laughs> Um, obviously we talked a lot about Cleverly coming in I've just mentioned um, uh, Lampard it's you had obviously one of our best guests on the show tonight and uh, George Culkin so a lot to digest uh, have you been disappointed with the way Newcastle played lately and uh, are you are you dissatisfied with uh, how we're playing and uh, and obviously the targets that we're, we're looking to bring in um, good evening, Andrew, Neil, and George, if you say. Um, right. Um, well, I mean, a few games I have to be a bit disappointed, to be honest with you. There's just no creativity at all on the pitch at all. And um, we look a little bit lost, Andrew, as well, mm-hmm. you know. And um, the thing is, I mean, once we lost Shelby for five games, right, mm-hmm. and then you can tell, it's absolutely sure now, you can see now that um, we lost our way, there's no creativity, right? We are struggling to put a couple of passes together as well, and um, we're just not taking our chances. Another thing is, we're not bullying our opponents as well. We're not bullying them enough, and that's a real concern. And I heard um, the last lad he's brought is that American lad, Chris, yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris, yeah. about um, a callback. 
he's a waste of space him. He is just not good enough for Newcastle United. He's not. I mean, I've got a new name for him. It should be called backwards. Not Jack Horback. Called backwards. Because every time he gets a ball, it's sideways, backwards, sort of thing. It's so frustrating. And when he takes a shot, it goes backwards anyway. So I haven't dropped in the next game. What do you think, what do you think uh, uh, Neil? He, he, he definitely divides opinion, doesn't he, Callback? And, and he, he, he totally divides opinion. Um, and I think the evidence would suggest... Who was it that had the, the past statistics up for him? Somebody had the past statistics up for him. And I think the past statistics suggested that of, of all the passes he made, only three went forward. <laughs> it's just <laughs> and, and, and that's that's not actually... Good enough, is it? Really? <laughs> Neil, Neil, Neil. Go ahead, John. Say that again, Neil. Say it again, mate. Say it again. <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm sure I read somewhere. I could be totally wrong, but I don't I think know it's why right, it's, like, it is right. There's figures in my head that of all the passes he made, it, he made it in his last game, only three went forward. Um... <laughs> This is the thing, right? If this is the problem, isn't it? If Teote had been fit, had been ready, and everything, he always gets in again. He always gets past Jack Colbeck, and Colbeck would only come on if Teote, you know, was wavering, whatever. But that's the problem it's been, isn't it? Because all these things that happened to Teote, and he's—I don't understand it really. You know, he's the type of player that breaks up so many things in that Newcastle team. And he, you know, he, he gets around the pitch. But that's the thing; it's it's a mentality, isn't it? He he thinks he should be playing in China, playing in Dubai, playing in places where you know he can do as less as possible. And this is the problem with Teori. He thinks, and like looking at looking now, he's being linked with a Spanish team. Not a, not a great Spanish team, by the way. No, <laughs> that's the problem. It's all about mentality, but if any manager can get these players playing, it's Rafa Benitez. But if Rafa Benitez thinks it's a waste of time, well, why would you why would you played him on Saturday from the start? You know, it's a lot a lot of things to take in consideration. But to me, Jack Colbeck, he should never start a Newcastle game. He should be a player that comes on from the bench. Mm. I don't know. What do you think, Neil and John? You know, you know what it is? We're really, we all love to have a go. There's, there's somebody that... Mm. He's another one that everybody seems to like to get stuck into. <laughs> um, to be fair, he hadn't, it, had, yeah. he, he hadn't had a bad season until that lad tried to take his eye out with his elbow. Yeah. And and since then, he's come back and he's not been right. This, mm. this, he's absolutely not been right. Since he's not been good enough, Neil. He's not been good enough. I've noticed that right away. It's hard to come in. Like, you know, he's just has not been the same player. He used to be a tidy player. He was a good player, but he's not a good player now. He's not. I think, for me, he's gone back backwards. You know what I mean? If they're going to get promoted like mm. in the Premier League next season, believe me, Jack Colback will not get us there. He needs dropping. We need a midfield forcer. If it's my way, guys, I'll just slap in the 50 million bidding for Will Hughes. Get him here. And he's a fantastic player. He'll do a better job than Colback. Yeah, I think uh, that's a problem, isn't it? Derby, Derby have just put a bid in for. I think Derby have just put a bid in for someone. I can't remember the guy's name now, but um, that's the thing. These clubs that are going to be looking for the playoffs, looking to get ahead of us. They're never in a million years going to give 
a rival a free shot to bring in one of their players. That's not going to happen. And that true, true. And look at look at Brighton. They, Newcastle will be linked to uh, Loftus Cheek. Now um, mm. you can imagine Loftus Cheek being a Southern lad. If he had any bottle about him, you think, oh, you know. But we don't know, do we? Don't know if Newcastle put a bid in. How many players they're looking to bring in? But it's clear. It's clear that they're, they're looking for midfield for somebody to come in to help. Like, think he's got Hayden in midfield, and he's the type of player that gets in. That's why I don't understand why you'd play callback when you've got somebody like Hay- like Hayden, who you know gets in there, kicks players, you know, gets around the pitch quite well. But you know, with the with the players being out in the African nations, that's why I think callback's in there. But it's going to be pretty yeah, telling yeah. If, if he brings in callback and he plays him at the weekend. Uh, I can't remember who we're playing next, but. Um, Brentford is that away? Is it? That's so away. yeah, see that thing. He'll he'll play a callback because it's away. You want to nullify, you know the, and like obviously you've been linked with Alan Judge, but we've been linked with Alan Judge for quite a while now. And I thought we, I thought last window we had him, but um, you know th- th- there's there's lots of players I think we're we're trying to get, but that's the trouble with this this long ass window. It's taking mm. too long. We should be, we should be getting, we should be identifying a player sort of thing, right? And um, did you like the fact? Uh, did, did you like the fact, John, that they played um, uh, Mitrovic and Murphy together on Saturday Eve? I, I, that I actually, that I did get excited by that. It's just unfortunate, absolutely. isn't it, with his injury? Oh man, you're absolutely right. I mean, I like the tactics as well: three centre halves, three five two, or three four three one, whatever you call it. I mean, I was excited as well because Rafa at last is playing two up front. And then mm. after, what, five, six minutes or something like that, I mean, it was just so unfortunate for the lad, you know. And I just hope that Tabby covers in this, you know. It is a shame it's the Mitzi Mitchell like that. And I wish him a speedy recovery. Well, her and this injury is not so bad. So, um, Andrew, I mean, I was excited as well. And after 10 minutes, it's just. Went pear-shaped, you know. I've got a hunch that he's going to play... He's, I think he's definitely looking to play Murphy more now. I think he's ahead of Mitrovic no matter what. And it, the, 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 the thing was, he brought, he made a big deal about saying Mitrovic definitely play on Saturday. When you looked at it, Neil, um, the fact that he's, he's, he's saying now that Mitrovic is not for sale, it, I don't think it's true whatsoever. I think the trouble is now he's injured... He'll have to stay anyway till the end of the season because of the injury, Neil. Well, it depends how long he's out for, doesn't it, really? Um, Probably three weeks, I would but, think. But, I don't know. They've been consistent in what they've said publicly all along, but we've had consistent mm. messages privately mm. uh, or from hints and suggestions that people... John Richardson, yeah. Yeah, who, who were well-placed. They're saying that they were happy to listen to us. <laughs> Look, we're in a position where I think... The right offer for any player will see mm-hmm. that player so I still believe that. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's untouchable. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think if somebody used to offer something silly for Mitrovic, we should consider it. I, I, because mm-hmm. I just think we've got to be o- A, open-minded and be realistic. That if he was um, genuinely all that, would he not be banging the goals in the right and centre in this division? Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether that's me just being really. I'm. I'm. I'm sort of really just 
almost playing devil's advocate really because mm. I quite like the I quite like the kid myself. Um, I think he has a lot of attributes that would make him a successful Newcastle United player. What do you think, um, uh, John? Do you, do you like him like um, Neil likes the character of uh, Mitrovic? I've always, I've always liked the player. I've always liked the lad. I mean, I still, personally, I mean, we figured out he's got weeks to do that. He could be on square. Personally, mm-hmm. I still keep him because you don't know what you're going to get from him at the end of the day. I mean, he's got passion. He's got the fire. I love to see him more. I love to see him score more goals. And if he does that, then and gets a service from the wings sort of, and get on his head sort of, and find him in, then. I think you cost him go a long, long way. I still keep him, you know what I mean? And um, mm-hmm. if you're going to sell him, are you going to get to replace him in season? Are you going to get a replacement for him? Or? Um, it's not about Scott Horgan yeah. bought 15 million quid. Would you pay that? There's no way he's going to go. There's no way in hell he's going to go 15 million. Like I've heard that West Ham are close to getting him, and their their bid was a 10 million. So I think you always win football. You got to think of add-ons. There's no way a championship player, the nearest person that went for that amount of money, and look what he's doing, by the way, uh, mm. Ross McCormack. Yeah. He's got a villa, and they're trying to sell him as well. So you know. I know. It's not crazy. And you cast were interested in him as well? Oh, I know. I think he wanted to come to us first before he went to Villa. But mm. we just got his wife first, sort of thing. We dodged the bullets, not getting Ross, because um, mm. he's got a great goalscoring record, sort of thing. Um, mm. But he was at Fulham, and um, yeah, I'm pleased for the lad. But at the end of the day, I mean, you just kind of hack it at a big club like Villa, sort of thing. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, um, but we definitely do need. I still keep Mitrovic. Definitely keep Alexander. Definitely keep him, sort of thing. And um, mm. and just um, go from there. Yeah. Well, let's see what happens on the weekend. What do you think the score is going to be against Brentford away, John? Draw, draw, draw. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame it's not on TV, like unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah. well, th- thanks for coming on, John. We'll see what happens next week. And uh, Neil, give me a give me a score for for the weekend against uh, Brentford. I think we'll be back to winning ways, mate. You do? Okay. What, what any particular score? Odd goal in three. Ooh. Ooh. Getting a bit brave, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, I was going to say, Andrew, so I agree with that. I mean, I'm not trying, I'm trying to be um, consistent in the opinions, like as well. Just mm-hmm. what I said to each, I was already being honest. I mean, I'm confident, but yeah. I, we, we're going to see goals because even Lefels is losing this way as well. I mean, he gets beaten for piss. The ball goes behind him. He's not aware as well. And um, it's a shame because he, he can be a damn good player. But mm. he's lost his way. I think Kieran Clough's a bad defender. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens, mate. Thanks for coming on tonight, John. Your last final yeah, call mate. of the night. And uh, right thanks on. to George George from The Times, George Crowfield, um, for coming on Colgan. the show. It's been a great night. Mm-hmm. Huh? Colgan. Colgan, yeah, sorry. Colgan. But uh, thanks, everybody, for coming on tonight. We'll leave you with Taylor.